everybody, and welcome to the Common Thread Collective. This is Global Val here. It's Friday, September 2nd, and it's my birthday. So we're having a good old time over here down at Mutiny Radio. If you want to come down and join us, we're at the corner of 21st and Florida Streets, and uh, we're here every Friday. So um, please do come on down. It's at a community open mic. Our minds, hearts, doors, and uh, all of the doors, doors of perception are pretty wide open here on the Common Thread Collective, and uh, we welcome you down to share what you've got to share um and today we're having a party so there's uh, some food and some drinks and um we're just gonna hang out and have a good time like we always do with a little extra touch of celebration today and um and there's uh, indian summer as we as we cruise on we arrived that's right damn and dave how are you today These beautiful days well i'm doing really well and hey happy birthday happy b-day of uh, global val thank you uh, so good to be here. And you're right, it's a beautiful day. Come on through to 21st in Florida. We have open arms, open heart, open mind, and open. I got our sister deep up from the Tenants Union. We're going to talk about the election, uh, the election, and uh, those, uh, those parts of the ballot uh, that, uh, in which we can embrace. Hi, Dave. Hey, Deepa. So glad to have you here. It's good to be so here. So beautiful to see you. And uh, hey, Val. Hey, Deepa. Uh, I, we had talked, in fact, I had the director, we had the director on uh, last week talking about the, the play uh, by, by Bertrand Brecht that's going to be happening at uh, City College. The Aristotle Rise of, uh, the Aristotle Rise of, uh, of the, the, the Resistible Rise of Arturo Yui. And between then and now, I went down and put my hand, threw my hand in the ring. And in fact, got in fact got cast as the master ceremonies. That seems appropriate for well, you, Dave. Uh, totally appropriate, I guess. So I'm going to go out there, and we have Blood Flower. He's going to play a piano along with me. I'm going to go out and re. I'm, I'm going to open the play. I'm going to set the stage. And Val, and Val, do you know uh, when we say Brechtian? This is a play by Bertrand Brecht. This is called the Epic Theater. Do you know what that means? What the Brecht the end? Do you know Brecht, the uh, Second Party Opera, um, Mother Courage, uh, the Caucasian Chuck uh, uh, Circle, and many others? One called one that's uh, very seldom played called The Resistible Rise. The Resistible Rise. Of Uwe. And do you know Brecht? Uh, not so much. Well, the idea of Brecht. Is that you're not there to get to have the uh, have to have the uh, the the uh, the the players, the actors, the actresses, the players take you away to some art of some unknown world, take you away for a while, but to be there and to be there and uh, something you know you know it's a theater. You know about theater, but it's about, that it's about theater. But in this case, it's, he wrote this in 1941. He was already in exile from uh, from uh, from Germany. He had managed to get out. He was a communist. He was a playwright. He had the uh, Breck Theater in, in Germany. Managed to get out. Was in Finland, waiting for a, a visa to come and work in Hollywood for a while, and then go back. He was in Finland when he wrote this. It's about the rise of fascism, but, but portrayed as gangsters. And I believe we're doing uh, the, these days, because we have a, a certain character, you, you know what I mean, a certain character, a man who wants to deport 11 million people, um, a, a guy who, uh, who's running for president, and this is in a metaphoric way about him. 
and about what's going on. Seems so, very timely. It's timely. That's the word I'm thinking about. Timely for sure. And we're going to be talking about the election coming. But I'm going to go out and grab a mic. And I have uh, Blood Flowers going to play uh, piano with me. And I'm going uh, I'm going to read... The first part, as I welcome the people into the theater, into their seats, to this play. So I'm going to walk right out and do this. As this is live radio, you might actually hear Diamond Dave's steps going through the studio here at Mutiny Radio. <laughs> this is mutinyradio.fm here in San Francisco, my hometown. And uh, what a pleasure it is and a privilege it is to be here promoting and exercising free speech over the Internet airwaves of, uh, and streaming around the planet. It's exciting times. Streaming around the planet is what I say. And this is the resistible rise of Arturo Yui by Britton Brecht and my role, Master of Ceremonies. Ladies and gentlemen, we present today our great historical gangster play. We're all about blackmail and frame-up. Further, how to succeed in business through murder. We're all about dogs, bros. Confession. Watch the resistible rise of Arturo Yui. The notorious case of the warehouse fire. Follow the mysterious Dullfoot murder, justice in a coma, together in gangsterdom. Who rubbed out Ernie Roma? Then in the great finale of the show, crooks conquering the town of Cicero. Yes, you'll see enacted by our finest actors, the underworld's most favored, favored, fabled malefactors, all the rotten, misbegotten heroes of certain audiences here revealed as zeros. Gangsters living, gangsters dying. Gangsters selling, gangsters buying, gangsters born, and gangsters made. Old gangsters die, but never fade. So let's begin the big parade. So that'd be the opening of the show. And it goes on. And uh, we, we uh, yes, uh, uh, last night was the first read-through. So I'll be bringing you some of the actors. I'll be bringing you on a weekly basis to keep you on. And we'll definitely let people know when this play by Burton Brecht opens up in the Diego Rivera Theater, City College of San Francisco. Well, take it away. 
Well, that's exciting. I like the, the introduction uh, to that play. I'm glad you're getting some chance to to rehearse your your part um, as the as the MC is kind of the barker at the beginning to let people know what's going to be happening. And uh, it's a very fitting role for you, Diamond Dave. What can I say? Uh, you're listening to the Common Thread Collective, folks, and it is a crazy world out there, but that's all right and that's okay because everything is going to be all right.
Yeah, that was Ooby Dooby Whitaker letting us know everything's going to be all right. And I just got a visit from uh, Aria Manos Lindas. Uh, they're going to be playing over there at Amnesia tomorrow evening around uh, 10. Oh, that's a headlining time. That's a good time to be out, folks. It'll be a Saturday night. Um, excellent bass playing and some, some transcendent uh, reverberations. Oh, yeah, right. He's a bass player galore. He's the best player no, galore. <laughs> I think it was one week uh, where neither of us was here. You were gone, and so was I. But we're here now. Yeah, that's usually and around the 4th of July. sister, introduce yourself. I'm Deepa Varma, director of the San Francisco Tenants Union, and I'm here to talk about this election. There's a lot on the ballot this year. Well, good. And we've been, uh, we've been devoting uh, most of the first hour to as, we, as, as we're running down to letting people know what it's about. Because there's a lot of things on the ballot. A lot of uh, propositions on the ballot of things, watch my language, a lot of uh, ballot propositions on the ballot which are confusing to people, some of which uh, give you an idea that they're going one way when they're going another. So who better could we have here but the Tennis Union? Deepa, so good to see you. Good to see you too. And uh, to, to let us know where the people are standing and what it's all about. So Deepa, let's go down the, uh, let's go down the list and let's talk about some of the things that are on the ballot. So our quick guide, well, you can see it on our website, um, the, on the San Francisco Tenants Union um, website. But basically, this year, it's all about no on O, P, Q, R, U, and V, and pretty much yes on everything else. It's a lot It's a lot of ballot initiatives this year. There's not going to be an election for a couple of years, so everybody threw stuff on to see what would stick. And this year, the, you can, there's, a, there's, a, there's a bunch of different ones I want to talk about. First of all, there's a bunch of things to, um, to help make affordable housing happen. Um, Prop C is about making it easier to get loans to build affordable housing. Um, and now, let me, now, Deepa, let me ask you, the, now we can, I can rest assured that you, I know that the Tenants Union, I know that you have looked at these at depth and can give us a good idea of what they're about and which are not, uh, which is not right? That's right. That I could tell. Okay, enough said. Okay, let's start with that. Uh, loans for affordable housing, uh, yes. Yeah, now, go, go yes on that one. That one was written by folks who actually do build affordable housing, and they, they see what the holdups are, and they're asking for help on this. And they're asking the city for help, and this is the way the city can help. Um, on the other hand, there are some realtors out there who are throwing a bunch of money at trying to make it harder to trying to make it more expensive and you can you can if there's one group of people the tenants union usually doesn't agree with it's the san francisco board of realtors um basically the people who are flipping properties and speculating and making money off of evicting people right and they have put two major propositions on the ballot this year p and u easy to remember p u p u um first of all they um Number, a P is actually a little tricky. It's a little hard to understand, but basically Please, they're making it to harder to um, get bids through for, for affordable housing by requiring competitive bidding. Basically, they're making it, they're opening up the market to 
um, private developers, and they're they're making it easier for private developers to build allegedly affordable projects. But when they do that, those private developers, it's like private prisons. They have different incentives, right? They're going to try to build the most expensive, allegedly affordable units they can. They're not in it for the same reasons. Because the idea of affordable in this town, and this keeps going higher, Absolutely. that, that affordable, uh, uh, you, uh, you can qualify for affordable housing and uh, at this point have an income of, uh, of $100,000 or more. Is that right? Yeah, more than that, actually. That and that brings me to Prop U. This is probably the scariest thing on the ballot this year, in my opinion. Uh, I think we have all got different ideas on it, but Prop U basically says it, it changes what, what the definition of affordability means to 110 percent of area median income, which is more than a hundred thousand dollars. Much more, yeah. So what indeed. that means is when you know when a new developer comes in and says they're going to build 10 percent or 12 percent or 20 percent of the units um, at affordable rates. They can build them for people who make $110,000. So they're not making any for people who are retired, or people who are teachers, or people who are formerly homeless, or people who are artists, right? All of that. Right, or sing single people. Absolutely. We're worried that with, if that one passes, that we're going to see mass evictions of people already in uh, below market rate units. So we're talking about people like you and I, and probably most of the people, in fact, probably 99% of the people are listening right now as we speak. Well, a lot of us live in rent control units, so we're okay for now, but anybody who was lucky enough to get into an, a below market rate unit in one of these new buildings is risking losing their housing right now. So make sure to get out and vote. Also, there's some other interesting things on the ballot that's worth, that are worth looking at. Um, one of the ones that's really controversial and that we're really worried about as well is Proposition O. This is um, basically, you guys might know the the, the shipyard in the Bayview. Bayview and Hunters Lennar Point, too. Okay. Has been sort of a toxic wasteland for a long time. Lennar cut a deal uh, a number of years ago to build some office space out there. So they're actually trying to expand the amount of office space they get to build without building any new housing. Now, this is really important. They're claiming that they're building a bunch of affordable housing with this project, but they're actually not. They're just, it's, they're rolling in the renovation of the public housing projects um, out there at Alice Griffin. Um, they're not actually building any new housing, and they're building two million more uni uh, two million more square feet of office space with no new housing. More office space without housing, we think is a disaster. We oppose the Google buses, we oppose this too, right? This is, we're talking about a gentrification bomb in the Bayview. And Lennar has gone head to head. This has been going on for many years with the people up, up there in Bayshore, the people up there in Hunters Point, various people that have thrown them up as the leadership of people who have gone head to head with Lennar, because Leonard has been there for many years out there in the, in the shipyard, is that right? Right, our concern with Lennar is that this is Lennar. a developer that has, that has made promises and broken them over and over, over again and over and over to right. community groups in the city. And some people it. think that they can cut some deals with the money and, and it'll all work out. And that's why some of the leadership um, in the Bayview supports Propo. But we don't believe in short-term jobs for developer giveaways. We believe in real affordable housing and sustainable communities, and we don't see that happening here. Fine, you'll be the tennis union. All right, go ahead. And, this um, is important, all of this. There's, and there's even more on here. Um, propositions Q, R, and S, are, and J, are all about homelessness. As you know, you guys can see, just walking around outside on the streets, out we have more and more homeless neighbors and more and more people in crisis. 
Um, the tenants union doesn't just care about people in housing, but about everybody being able to have housing. And right now is a moment that folks really need help. That's why we're supporting Prop S, uh, permanent set aside to help both the arts and, um, and homeless folks. And Prop J is another mechanism for, for funding homelessness. And what is J going to do? Now this is connecting homelessness and, uh, and, and the Muni. Um, uh, tell me, this seems like bringing two things together that seem at first sight to be separate, but what is Jay going to do? Can you tell so me that? So Jay is, I like S more than I like Jay. Jay might be wind up being funded by a, a regressive sales tax, but Jay was, both of those propositions were negotiated by the Coalition on Homelessness, and we look to them for homeless rights and homeless policy. We think they're the experts on that issue, and they tell us to support something on, homeless, on homelessness, we usually do. Well, the Tenants Union and, uh, and the Homeless Coalition have classically been close, of course. Of course. That's only natural, and that's a good thing. And people have gone back and forth. Uh, and uh, just as we're we coming out of Occupy, going through Occupy, I say you're too. So uh, you're not too. So, Jay, you say yes, that this is uh, comes out of the Homeless Coalition. Go ahead. Let's continue this. And then there's a couple of other things that are worth thinking about for folks who are artists and, and uh, with jobs building things, Prop X is actually to try to preserve PDR space, production, distribution, and repair space. This is the kind of spaces we're losing in the city for development, and protecting that is how we hope to protect um, artist studios and and jobs. And what is that? That's Prop what again? Prop X. X. The very All the way down dollar. here. So preserve production. Every single matters on here. And I wonder. So if so if you uh, so if you have a if you have a studio here in the mission somewhere out there and uh, out there around uh, the Alamany Farmers Market or something, this uh, this would uh, this might possibly cover you. Is that right? It would help because it means that if someone's going to um, get rid of it, they would have to replace it. Okay. And so that'll reduce some of the incentives for for knocking all of this down. Mm. Um, so. And then finally, I wanted to talk about four interesting things. There's four initiatives on the ballot to give the mayor less power. Nobody likes the mayor these days. <laughs> he's not even coming into public view these days. Because That's he's true. So his approval ratings are so far down. But you know what? The mayor is really powerful in this city. And so there's a bunch of measures on the ballot to try to take some of that power and give it back to the people. Um, first of all, it's no vacancy appointments. Prop D, this, we call this elect the electeds. You know, when somebody gets elected and they move to another office, a higher office, like Gavin Newsom going to lieutenant, becoming lieutenant governor, right. Ed Lee becoming the mayor himself, you know, it, it, people are getting appointed, right, into seats. So the, when the board of supervisors get, a, get elected or, or retire or quit for whatever reason, the mayor gets to appoint their seats. This is a way to make sure that those people get elected instead of getting appointed by the mayor. We think that's going to make a really big difference this year with um, Jane Kim and Scott Weiner both running for office. So so in that case because because if you if someone's leaving office and then and then there would be it would take away the power of the mayor to appoint somebody. So how how would that seat get filled? Would it be a, a special election? Special election. And we know that um, in particular, a seat like um, District 6 is going to be a much more progressive district than anything that the mayor might, anyone the mayor might appoint. Um, so, yeah. And another one of those is uh, having, there's two measures on the ballot to have independent um, bodies that aren't under the mayor. 
that keep a look, keep an eye on things. One of those is a public advocate. That's Prop H. And the other one is Prop M, Housing and Development Commission. Both of these are independent offices that would keep be a, another check on what's going on with the mayor's now, Yeah, we've never had a public advocate in my memory. Now, New York City is a public advocate. Absolutely. And that uh, public advocate, is, uh, she's been uh, very outspoken and put it out there and really speaks for the people and be, be called on in a multiple of different things. So that's what we're talking about, having one here. Is that right? Absolutely. Right now, it's really hard to get the laws enforced. It's really hard to make sure that bad landlords don't get away with things. It's really hard to make sure that people don't evict everyone and Airbnb the building, even though even when Airbnb was illegal, it was happening left and right when we would point it out to people. Right. Even at, or like right now, the Academy of Art is um, has, bought, has bought up 17 buildings and they're trying to convert all of those and evict everybody from all those buildings and convert these rent control units into market rate units. Right, and the city has a lawsuit against the, the Academy finally, of Art. Finally, it took yeah, decades. Yeah, oh, and such a long time. We're hoping somebody like a public advocate can push those kinds of things into the public eye sooner and make sure things like this don't happen. So how, is, uh, how will the public uh, advocate be selected? Will, that, will, will the public will, uh, go ahead, tell they us. Would be, they'd be elected directly so, by the people. So you would vote for a public advocate, people would uh, would throw their hat in the wing or have their hat thrown in the wing, and then this would be election. We'll vote for the mayor, vote for the board, our, our, our candidate on the board of supervisors, our district candidate, and then uh, and then we'd also vote for a public advocate. That's right. That's oh, that right. sounds like a great idea. It would be and, an interesting position to hold in San Francisco. Absolutely. There's already a couple of people who have their eye on it, I think. Oh, really? That's the rumor. Um, I bet there is. And then finally, um, the BART board. Uh, the the SFMTA right now, the mayor appoints all the seats, and the idea is to make some of those appointed by the Board of Supervisors instead. So That makes so, sense. So basically, what this ballot's all about is a bunch of measures that help pay for things we need, a bunch of measures that limit the mayor's power, some measures that help out the homeless, a few measures that help out people trying to build affordable housing, and then a bunch of measures that the realtors want but we really don't want so it's really important to remember which ones are really for affordable housing and which ones are actually going to make it more expensive around here oh my goodness so glad that you're here yeah we're you're so welcome. glad because we've been you know as we, we like to you know examine and look at and discuss the propositions every time an election comes around there are so many on the ballot this time um so Thank you for doing such a thorough kind of run through of uh, what what we're looking at as voters here in San Francisco. You're and, welcome. And uh, Calvin, I was telling Calvin, Calvin Welch will be Calvin Welch will be coming in uh, eventually around the ones that are giving more power to the Board of Supervisors. Plus, he told me, and I was kind of blown away. You know how many uh, possible voters there are in this election? How many? Four hundred thousand. Wow. So 400,000, how many are going to vote? How many are going to look at this and say, this is all too complicated, I'll leave it alone? Uh, we'll say, you know, I, I'll just let that go. How many will vote without really knowing what it's about? How, how many people will vote because they got an advertisement because uh, thousands, if not millions, or hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars are going to be thrown in behind some of these, uh, some of these, uh, some of these uh, propositions, am I right? Absolutely. There's going to be millions of dollars. Millions of dollars. Shoot, Certainly. like they disgusting. Like yeah. they did for the Democratic County County by uh, Democratic County. Uh, what is it? Uh, board of Directors. Committee. The, the, com committee. the committee. A thousand, hundreds of thousands of dollars were thrown into that. And they're not even. And they don't have anything they do. But it's amazing. Yeah. 
Right. So let's. It's a, uh, it's a steering committee, essentially. It's a, uh, but that's. I mean, that's what is, happens in California too. I mean, look at look at all the money that poured in to try to defeat the label GMOs proposition, Prop 17, a couple years back. You know, and it's it's interesting because um, obviously there are business interests that don't like it when people organize and try to create policy, public policy that protects the public instead of supporting the profits of. Um, you know, private, private profit, basically. And uh, California and San Francisco are trendsetters and, and at the cutting edge of so many things. So all this money pouring into the state, into the city, um, trying to combat these things um, is something that really needs to be covered a lot more. You know, I think here we are kind of in the underground uh, mutiny radio, uh, common thread collective land, you know, with Diamond Dave right here. So, you know, we're aware of these things, but um, I don't know how much of a conversation is being had in the more mainstream fashion so uh, if you're out there and you're listening um, you know start talking about this with with folks who may not know so much about what's going on and so let's say, well I, I believe a good way to wind it up is what you say here at the very head of this list uh, one of to wind up this discussion you say no on what o p q u uh, r u Right. <laughs> R U and V, O P Q R U and V, and, and yes on everything else. And then we turn this over, because uh, so some of these, as we said, and we'll talk about these further as we get closer. Some of these are are, are meant to take uh, power off the mayor, like uh, for instance that one, the one, which one is it to appoint uh, Housing and Development Commission? It's M. M. Uh, now we have the the uh, the Planning Commission which does some of this, which in many ways is under the thumb of the mayor. Am I right? The Planning Commission has both board appointees and mayoral appointees, yeah. But, but this one, but that, that one, M, will, will, will bring up something else, a, a Housing and Development Commission. An on independent which, housing commission, right. That's right. So uh, one hopes then. Right. Part of the problem is the planning department, the entire staff, is basically hired by the mayor. So... Um, all the research and all the work gets done by people under the mayor's guidance. And the mayor is under the guidance of the developers, and so you go, no monster in the mission. Right. And here we are, and this is what we're about, and this is what we should be about, and this is what we're about as uh, uh, the Common Thread Collective. Is that right, Val? Most certainly. Looking and in fact, I turn it over, and as I was saying, some of these... I got uh, some worker. The the mayor, uh, the mayor has shown himself more and more to be with the kind of the kind of uh, the kind of donations he gets, the kind of money that's put in his campaigns, that put in his campaign chests and so on, that which he can dispense, and so one hopes that the board of supervisors that is elected will have more power, but also continue to be a progressive board. Is that right? Well, we're hoping we can hold on to a progressive majority, but that's going to mean winning a lot of seats and so i'd love to talk about them with you if you're able. okay well let's do it maybe next week we can talk further but let's uh why don't you list uh yeah let us let us know who um the san francisco tenants union is endorsing for those supervisor seats and then and, and perhaps another time we'll, we'll get into them a little bit more deeply sure, but sure district one sandra lee fewer district three nobody's running against aaron peskin he's going to win district five this is going to be the big race of the year for us dean preston is challenging london breed um, That's the Haight-Ashbury, yeah, the, the Haight-Ashbury, the Fillmore, the Western Edition, the Inner Sunset. Um, and, you know, Dean is uh, one of our heroes at the Tenants Union. He's been a tenant rights advocate for 20 years. He 
started a statewide tenants' rights organization that is fighting the Ellis Act and Costa Hawkins reform because he started seeing that our problems are at the state level. Yeah. Um, and he sat right here in that chair you were sitting on as oh, well. Oh, that's so. He did, yeah, yeah, a couple months back. A couple he's, months uh, back. We yeah, can bring him back. He's an amazing guy, and, you know, he, he taught me everything I know about um, fighting no-fault evictions in San Francisco. Well, I think we're going to bring him back, and maybe you can come, too, and join the conversation. Well, You're always I, welcome to do whenever you're free. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> so everyone who's, who lives in those neighborhoods, you know, that, that race, they're only going to win it if people turn out and, and help out. It's a, it's a mostly volunteer campaign. It's very inspiring. So let's get some tables out there on Haight Street, some tables down on Fillmore Street. Let's go some door-to-door and help make it happen. Hey, Dean, go ahead. Right. Um, Norman Ian District 7, he's about as good as supervisors we can imagine in that district. Hillary Ronan right here in District 9, um, I have to say, have, I've worked with her for years um, as an eviction defense lawyer myself, and she always brought it. Whenever people needed help in this neighborhood, if I called her up, she made things happen in a way that London Brief, for example, never did. <laughs> she, and that was before she was running for office, so I really, I really feel like I can count her. That's right. But a couple months back, I, on Women's Magazine, which is which I host right before the Common Thread, I hosted um, Women or Mothers for Supervisors. So we had Sandra Lee Fewer from District One, Hillary Ronan from District Nine, and your next and Kimberly, in, and Kimberly Alvarenga. Uh, District Eleven, Kimberly Alvarenga is um, she's. It's hard to imagine somebody more perfect to represent San Francisco. She's queer. She's Latina. She's a mom. She was born in the mission, and she's um, she's she's a she's a labor activist. She's, she's a labor activist. She's really somebody who's out there for the people, and she's she's just great. Um, and her her she's going to need some help in that district as well because she's got a tough challenger um, who's been running for office for a, a number of years. We think she's the right choice, though. He's um, bought and flipped seven buildings in the in the district in that time, so we we really think that she's the tenancy new choice. <coughs> so we're not talking about Francisco, who's also running. Isn't he running? Francisco Herrera is a good guy too. That's what um, I'm talking. About. He sat in this chair many times. So is she. I I voted for him. I don't remember if it was my first, second, or third choice for mayor, but I did vote for him. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. Election. He did. He did get the highest number of votes after Ed Lee. Impressive. It was. So the vote uh, one, two, three campaign, um, we hosted their, uh, for, a forum here at Mutiny Radio for that. Of um, Yeah, that was that was an interesting time, that that, that election. Um, I think he got 14% of the vote for mayor, <laughs> wow. Francisco did. Um, so, yes, uh, you want to keep going on your uh, go recommendations? Sure. Um, Endorsements? Board of Education, Stevon Cook and Matt Haney are both our choices there. They both... Um, really want to reform things for teachers. For College Board, Raphael Mandelman, Tom Temprano, and Chanel Williams are our choices. Chanel has been here. Chanel, I, I was on the student government uh, for many years at City College, mm -hmm. and Chanel came through. First she sat on the board, then she was the president of the Associated Student Council, then she was the student trustee, now she's running. She's got a, but she does, like I always, I always say this, at City in the city, on the planet, in the street. Mm -hmm. That's at City College in the city, we're right here. On the planet, here we are, and in the street is where will we be. That's and great. Yeah, Chanel, Chanel is a really an inspiring activist, and uh, we're, I'm really glad she's running. 
Okay. Well, we're going to get her back here, too. In fact, hey, Val, let's get some of these folks here. we got some uh, weeks uh, between now and Election Day. Is that right? We do. We do. So we're going to bring them in and personally and have them sit there right there in that seat where you're sitting so they can speak to our constituency. And hopefully our constituency will go out and, and, uh, and rattle those doorknobs and be on those street corners and say, power of the people, right on. Right on. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much, uh, Deepa Varma, Deepa. right, director of the San Francisco Tenants Union. And if you want to get more information about some of the SF Tenants Union endorsements, check out the website, www.sftu.org slash endorsements. And you'll, you'll get all that information that we were just talking about. Um, yeah. Very, very good. Thank you so much for and being here. I know you must be a busy woman. I know you have it always will be. It's so good to see you. But you're always welcome here. And anybody who uh, who you feel should be here, just tell them Friday between 3 and 4, come on through. Between 3 and 6, come on through. But 3 and 4 is when we like to have conversations. But we be flexible. <laughs> oh, thank flexible, you. Flexible, sister. <laughs> That's our middle name. Flexible. Well, take it away now. Oh, no, no, All right, we'll play a little music. I, I <laughs> we'll answer the phone. Said.
right. The co- you're listening to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm here in San Francisco. I'm Global Val here with Diamond Dave. And uh, that was a great conversation we just had with Deepa from the San Francisco Tenants Union and their endorsements for this upcoming election here in San Francisco where there are so many propositions to make decisions about. So find those uh, trusted sources if you don't have time yourself to go and do all that research. Um, the San Francisco Tenants Union is a great organization. Um, looking out for people living and uh, making sure that they stay living here in San Francisco. And um, also check out the League of Pissed Off Voters. Uh, They used to have a show here at Mutiny Radio, and uh, they do a lot of great research and um, really try to represent uh, the voices in San Francisco. So um, there's definitely more resources than just sitting there and reading all the legalese. Hi, Dave. Yeah, these be be, uh, slate cards. League of Pissed Off Voters will be coming out soon. I went to their meeting where they're discussing well, all of this, uh, their process. And also the uh, the SF Bay Guardian is going to have a special issue. Yeah, they, they're a, online these now. Are, these are one that I believe a lot of these will be around the same, will be pretty similar. But take a look, uh, do a little research. But even to take it even farther, we're going all the way to Baton Rouge. Hey, Lucid, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. It's good to be here. Glad to talk to you. Well, really good to hear you, and uh, we've been following your progress along the way, and you made it. So, uh, and, and and you made it. Now you're there in Baton Rouge. Well, tell us a bit about it. Tell us what it's like. Tell us what you're doing. Tell us whatever you want to tell us. All right. Well, the the Shining Light Kitchen pulled into Baker Parish in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, what is now like a week after the floodwaters have receded. And uh, we brought down a bunch of the kitchen gear and uh, joined forces with some other rainbow folks from uh, friends and family uh, relief effort. Uh, some other rainbow, really skilled rainbow people from other uh, other disasters had set up. And so we've uh, put a kitchen together and um, we've been feeding in the community. People come by the kitchen site for breakfast and dinner. And then we've been sending meals out to other more affected areas of, uh, of inner Baton Rouge, um, kind of trans- transportable meals. And then there's been uh, a lot of volunteers uh, staying at the church here where we're at, um, helping to clean out the, the sheetrock and the carpets and everything out of these houses wow. and uh, prevent the, the mold from setting in. So it's been uh, anywhere you drive in uh, Baton Rouge, there's just uh, in, in front of all the houses on the lawns, there's just piles of sheetrock and furniture and wood and uh, just every sidewalk and uh, every driveway is filled with these piles of old moldy um, carpets and and things pulled out of these houses. And there's just like the strong smell of mold all over as people are racing to like empty their homes before the, the mold overtakes the structure. Well, may this, you know, you know, Lucid, this takes me back. What you're telling us now, and you probably heard that from his volunteers, is almost exactly what it was like. And what we did in Union Beach, New Jersey, right after the Superstorm Sandy. And I'm sure some of the folks who you're working with, the people who were up there at Superstorm Sandy, is that right? Yeah, a lot of the very same people. Um, some really just super sharp, exceptional people uh, who had started out or found their way through the rainbow gatherings and then uh, made their way into disaster relief uh, around the time of Katrina and have been doing it ever since. Well, I was one of them. I was one of them. 
In, in fact, before New Orleans, we were running, and you've probably heard these stories around the fire, these stories after you you heard some of these stories, beginning with, uh, with, uh, with uh, Mississippi, where we couldn't even get it, where we were there too early to get into New Orleans, and so we started out in Mississippi. Is that right? Um, you know, that's what I've been hearing, that there's uh, there's been this kind of like unified force uh, coming out of Rainbow that's been uh, going to all these different disasters. And so at this point, there's a really like cohesive team, a cohesive group that's kind of formed and uh, um, is being really effective, coordinating really well with uh, major food distributors. There's two big uh, Mack truck refrigerator trucks on site here. And um, we're getting a dry food uh, shipment tomorrow. I've been hooking up with propane and gray water transportation and uh, all the logistical things have been uh, met really well to be able to put out a high volume of food for this community. We've been driving it out as much as possible, uh, taking it to people as they're mucking out their homes, but um, primarily just trying to serve out high volume from from the parking lot of this church here in uh, the middle of Baker Parish. We're there in Union Beach. We're in uh, what had been a, uh, in the lot of what had been a firehouse. That later is repaired, but uh, but we had a uh, we had a free store there. Where there were so many donations begin coming in. You're probably finding the same thing, donations. Some and what what was needed and what's needed. Well, we started there. Uh, we started in Mississippi, then New Orleans, and then Union uh, Union uh, Union uh, Union Beach, New Jersey. And now there is a center, a place where people can come, a place where teams of young people can come out and help clear out the houses. All of that amazing all of that uh, amazing it happens and uh, that's uh, part of what this line i have which you have heard me say over and over don't panic we'll keep it organic is that once we have the folks once you have the center once you have the place it's happening it's so lucid you'd be so lucid i'm so glad you're there uh, i'm so glad you're there Thank you. I'm really glad to be here too. It was a, a long road driving from Los Angeles. Oh my goodness! Lucid, but here in Utah to make it over here. I'm really glad to be down here, and I've been getting some good videos of the whole thing, and I'm gonna upload the first one uh, this evening on the the Lucid Borax YouTube channel. I'm gonna put up the first uh, video this evening of some of the the wreckage on the ground of people cleaning out their houses and uh, the efforts of the kitchen uh, feeding out food and coordinating and setting up. And that well, so there's Lucid Lorex. Down YouTube to, uh, channel, uh, yeah, Lucid Lorex on YouTube. I'll be Lucid Lorex on YouTube. Evening about uh, about uh, the cleanup efforts and the the relief. And, and you made a great vi on a on a different topic, but you made a great video um, that we played on our show after we hung up last week um, about what's going on in North Dakota with the Sacred Stone Camp and protesting the Dakota Access Pipeline. Your, your video was was really cool and informative and clear and really gave a good picture of what's going on up there. So I definitely look forward to uh, some of your videos that you're going to be sharing on the Baton Rouge experience with the Shining Light Kitchen and all the f great people who are down there helping uh, rebuild people's homes and lives. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm really trying to draw some light to some of these uh, topics that the mainstream media seems to be ignoring, trying to, as one of many people on the ground, trying to draw a little attention to them. Right. We've so got to sh that. 
short-term memory loss in America. We're about uh, fuck the, I could say it because this is free speech. And all that. I could say fuck the mainstream media. We'd be down here, and with your weekly presentations, I want that to continue. And if people go on YouTube, I think if you go back to Waveland, Mississippi, we're called the we're called the New Waveland Cafe. Well, well, they're Waveland. I believe uh, the, uh, that, that no, I could say way back then, but back then, that's over 10 years ago, in Waveland, where this model began to um, began to emerge, and some of the people I, I imagine that you see around those fires and the camp, you still, or in the teepees or whatever, are people who talk about Waveland, Mississippi. Is that right? Yeah, just earlier today they were talking about New Waveland Cafe and uh, and how that was kind of a model of uh, of a really well put together relief kitchen and how it, it motivated a lot of people to want to continue the idea. And it just emerged, as I say, don't panic, keep it organic. It emerged organically, and in conjunction, the churches came through. The Texas Federation of Churches came through, and they brought the donations, and, and we had the free store, and we were feeding people just like you, breakfast, lunch, breakfast and dinner, and we eventually had this, uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, then eventually we got this big dome from the uh, this big dome that we could feed 300 people in that came from uh, that came from the playa from the playa what are we talking about from the playa uh, and uh, so we got a, a dome came through and the rest is organic it's now part of the folklore of what we're about so hey Hey, we were lucid. But keep being as lucid as you are. Call us next week. Let us know what's happening. And we'll watch it on the app, and we'll we'll bring video, video and and uh, internet together. Is that right, uh, Val? That's right. Because we can do that. Because we can do that, <laughs> we will. So keep on calling, brother. And uh, I'll call you tomorrow. I'll call you next week and let us know how it's proceeding because what you're doing is a model for others. And we know with global warming coming that this is not going to stop happening. It's going to continue happening and maybe even more so. Is that right? Yeah, it seems like there's this uh, two-pronged approach to uh, preventing the removal of the fossil fuels from the ground up at the Bakken pipeline. That's and right. Combating the catastrophe that's caused by it down here on the Tell Gulf us, of Mexico. Brother. So there's there's really kind of a two-pronged uh, effort to, to mitigate some of the problems caused by the superheating of the atmosphere. Oh, hey, I so wish I was there, but I'm glad you're there. And uh, I'm sure glad you're there, and a lot of the people that you know or that I that I know that are there are people also that I knew back then, coming out of the Lovin' Ovens and uh, places like that. Now down there in uh, down there in Baton Rouge, I think that's right. Is that right? Indeed. Indeed. That's a good word. I will end it with that. I love you, brother. In practice and indeed. Indeed, there he is, indeed, doing it every day down there outside of Baton Rouge uh, where the houses are being are being torn out, where people are trying to survive and, 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 and replace their places, to live again in their places, covered with mold, trying to deal with that, but at least have somewhere where they can eat uh, breakfast and dinner and meet one another and share one another and lend another a hand. He's lending each other a hand. It's about community. It's about don't panic, uh, keeping organic hey val there we are i like that indeed and indeed. that's in action 
not in action, but being, being in action. It's and a, this, this show is in progress, and uh, it's a really beautiful Friday here at Mutiny Radio in the and, Mission District. And what I, I like to say, because I think of this word you can break down too, where you say welcome, which break it down, like indeed, it says well... Come right through that door. Welcome. Yeah, well, right? come, come on down. Welcome, indeed. Here we are. Here's Kim Shuck. Hey, Kim. Yeah, hey, po- poet Kim Shuck yes, has well. graced us with her presence today. Thank, Thank you for you. coming down to the show. Happy birthday. Thank you kindly. Yikes. So. Yeah. So. I've been thinking about this flooding quite a bit. <clears throat> because, well, in part, we had put together a book uh, through Oakland Penn when the levee breaks happened after the hurricane Katrina and uh, for months we ended up reading these poems because things weren't changing f- stuff wasn't happening on, in a timely way and um, you write topical political poems hoping that you won't have to read them again and here we are years later I'm about to read one of them again. Very nice. So w- tell us about, what's the name of this book then? Oh, this book? Uh, this is the my last, my most recent book. It's called Clouds Running In, and it's through Torian Horn Press. Um, and the poem's right towards the end. It's called Flood Singing. Standing here surrounded by wet wood, dead refrigerators, we must finally admit that there is no mystery here. It's a habit of speech, a cliché, as if indifference were the weather. I have a dowser's headache, but don't have a soup pot big enough to ride over now not flooded streets, a wild woman in a chicken-foot hut, making an old magic, passing out a meal, a bowl of something my other gran would have called ogamma, thick, with squash, with ground spice bush, brooms and brick dust, my hope for your path from this moment. We chant nails, new roofs and snugness to streaks of pink and blue in the eastern sky. I sing your new house. It's coming. I hear it. Restitch quilts of neighborhood from the clothes we found floating in the lake. We have such focus that the needles magnetize. We use them to find one another. Mm. I like that, the magnetism that draws us in and draws us to each other and helps us connect and rebuild that quilt. That's such a common thread collective poem. (laughs) 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 It's kind of startling how uh, you'll write a thing thinking one thing Mm -hmm. and then it keeps having different resonances, I think, you know. Yeah, absolutely. There was um, our our friend, the library lady, was here last week, and she read a poem and in Bloodflower or not not a, uh, no we had another musician who was playing with her, but um, but it's a poem that she had written when Prince died, and he had come in. She had come in and read the poem. It's called Purple, and so you know the day after Prince died, and she read it here. It was all about Prince, but when she got up to do it last Friday. It was a totally different poem, and it had so much, um, you know, independent of that. And then later on, it became a Prince poem. But you know, well, it, context is everything with words. You know, they all mean three or four things. Frequently, the opposite. 
So. Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking earlier today about a poem that I wrote and I read at Sacred Grounds in July, and um, one of one little short poem I had written. And when I wrote it, it was a very meaningful poem to me. It was kind of sentimental. I actually cried a little bit because it was kind of about somebody who's very close to me. Um, and when I read it, I was reading it, and people thought it was a funny poem. Like, like they were laughing and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I mean, I, I, it's fine. I wasn't offended or anything. I just found it kind of odd. Maybe it had like woven itself into, you know, the rest of my performance in a certain way that it just was, it struck people as funny, but I, I was, you know, kind of surprised that it struck people as funny, but so you never know. You never do. I, it, there was one month, uh, some years back where I did a reading in the hate. I did a reading over in, uh, not in Mill Valley, maybe it was San Rafael, and I did another reading up in Petaluma, and the first reading people were saying to me, the one that happened in The Hate, the feedback I got was essentially, it's amazing how you can talk about these things and not be so not be really angry, and it was basically a very... Uh, American Indian Movement kind of reading that I'd done. And then by the time I took the same set of poems up to Petaluma, it was, it was wrathful Indian woman complaining. <laughs> about, you know, it's, it's all about context. <laughs> context is everything fit again. In fact, uh, speaking of uh, the Native American, we got Richard. Richard, you're about to go up, are you? Richard's going to be for the first time. Usually he's here, but he's going to come and re- he's going to come and get on the get a, get a, get on the stage because uh, we have Blood Flower who's going to go along with him. Is that right, Richard? Yeah, they're getting set up, but no pressure, up. guys. Perfect. You just get whenever you're ready. We can no, make no that pressure. happen. We can talk. But I wanted to make sure we talk about um, Kim the event that you have, the monthly event that you have, and remind people about it. Okay, so um, I do every second Sunday. I do a poetry reading at um, Modern Times Bookstore. Um, we're trying to keep it open. So um, attending things there and perhaps picking up a book is a good way to do that. Um, so it's the second Sunday of every month at 4 o'clock. Um, and this next time we've got Nellie Wong, mm. QR Hand, and Gail Mitchell which oh is goodness. a pretty heavy reading, if you know those poets. I it's know going to be fabulous. Wait, so Nellie Wong. Nellie um, Wong, QR Hand. QR yeah. Hand. And, and, and Gail Mitchell. Gail Mitchell. Gail Mitchell. Gail Mitchell has yeah. uh, been in the hate for many years. They're closing she, the store. And they're closing the store. Her uh, her partner. Which store? Uh, the one that made stained glass. Cottage Crafts. Cottage oh. Crafts. Stained glass shows. Yeah, China. I know what Keep you're talking about. We had above uh, there, and that's been there for years and years and years since uh, the Heat Street was my stroll, long before that. 42 years. 42 years that we're wow. going back that far. And, uh, you know... I mean, partially it's because it's been 42 years, but what you were talking about at the top of the show has something to do with it. I mean, the rents have gotten so ridiculous. You right. can't have little mom-and-pop businesses in, in the city without really stretching for it these days. And Hate Street uh, was one of the first streets uh, gentrified. The gentrification of the hate, well, first was, of course, redevelopment of the Fillmore, and then that quest to visit the arrow to Hate Street... And then it began to spread around the, the city and finally got to, to the mission where we are. So second Sunday 
in September will be the 11th. The, the 11th. So it's coming in. I'll be there. I'll be part of it. I know all these folks. I go back uh, decades, maybe 40 years with each and every one of them. Yeah. Q Hard, I knew before Wordwin. I knew Q Hard when he was a uh, when he was a counselor in the mental health system. That's almost 40 years ago. That is almost 40 years ago. I don't even remember. I I, I know we've known you and I have known each other for at least 20 years. Okay. And he and uh, Q Hart. And uh, the late lamented uh, John Ross were close. They came from the same part of, in uh, in Long Island. They came together. They came and they got, came out together. But the roots are both in Long Island. That's where they grew up. That's where they were boys so many years ago. John Ross, QR Hand. Yeah. And QR is still holding forth. I think he's older than I am. But we'd still be doing it. We'd still be up for it. And on the 11th, they're going to be how appropriate, but at modern times. Right. I tried to make it last week, but Modern Times, last time you had it, Second Sunday, was also Jerry Day. And by the time I, uh, <laughs> I managed to, uh, to immerse, uh, to untangle myself. <laughs> Going uh, yeah, sh- shimmy-shaked shimmy over oh at McLaren goodness. Park, huh? Oh, my goodness. It was, still doing uh, it, Diamond still, Dave. Well, to a degree. Se- 78 years old. Soon to be 79, <laughs> saying, learn to love, love to learn, this never ends. So, Kim, I want you to be a regular guest here. Okay. And also, uh, Kim is still up for a poet laureate. Yep. Uh, yep, she says, and put it out there. And that's going to be an interesting uh, to see because they, they, uh, there's a committee in the library that picks three people that said, then send it to the mayor, and the mayor, whatever he knows, picks one. He might just pull a name out of the hat <laughs> for what I know. Yeah, I, I don't know if he, it was hard for him he to He might have some people whispering in his ear. I remember Jack Hirschman. Or, or tickling with a feather pen, perhaps. I like that, that imagery better. The politics of the poet laureate just hold your head. We'll and, see what happens. And I remember when Hirschman became uh, the poet laureate. And there, we're talking about politics. Oh, my goodness, hold my head. And there he was in the mayor's, mayor's office. That's before the current mayor. That's when uh, the current uh, was, what is he now, Secretary of State? What is he, the ex-mayor? Oh, he's the lieutenant governor. You're talking lieutenant about Gavin governor. Newsom? And yeah. he stood up there to welcome uh, Jack Hirschman. That guy. And Hirschman came up. Of course, he said, I, I, I take this, I accept this as a communist, capital C communist, he said, <laughs> right there in the mayor's office. In fact, if you go to the, uh, this is interesting, you know the Beat Museum? Oh, yes. You know, when you walk in, there's this kind of three-dimensional picture of Hirschman accepting the poet laureate in the mayor's office. Have you seen that? I don't think I know. It's just, uh, go to 3D, the, eh? Yeah, go, it's, it's kind of 3D. It's a painting, but it's got stuff hanging out, uh, hanging on it. Okay. Just go to the Beat Museum. And you'll see it. It, it, it. I'm not sure it identifies it as Jack Hirschman getting his award, announcing himself publicly as a communist. Nice. In City oh Hall, where the House and Americans Activities Committee got run out That's of town after the police it. hosed the protesters down the marble steps with the fire hoses. I'm just, I'm, I finally picked up David Talbot's uh, Season of the Witch, and I'm devouring it uh, daily. And I was there the year before. There's about 15 of us, 10, 15 of us, who were the year before they came. And we'd, uh, we went, and they had the, the, this was, they were again having the same investigating communism in the arts. And we were up there, there might be 10 or 12 of us, if that. 
and this is before it, uh, before the next year where they came back and got run out of town. Operation Abolition, and we'd go, we'd do when they when they when uh, when are you now every better communist? Blah, blah. And I remember what I said. Yeah, I'm in, I I'm a, I work in the underground. I'm a gardener, which he was, and we all went like that. Yo, like that. Little do we know that by next year there are so many people there that they had to hose people down down those marble steps with fire hoses, and that was the the end of the un-American activities committee well you know they just resurrect things with a different name though don't they i mean i remember when when um, i was in college out at sf state they were still checking up on our phone for COINTELPRO stuff oh sure well that's still happening in different ways let's <laughs> keep it happening let's get but we just keep on doing what we do you this gotta be, keep doing what you do this be a free speech right here and here we are and, uh, and uh, look, we have this belt. Take a look at this. There's Richard. There's Bloodflower. This time with a guitar in his hand. And we're able to, this is, so keep on coming down. We, this would be an oasis. Uh, well, I hey, just, Kim. I we'd be an oasis uh, right here. Welcome aboard. Thanks for coming down. You won't be Kim bored. Shuck. Thanks for There's coming Richard. down for a Give birthday a celebration. Richard Sanderell is at yeah, the microphone two, out there. two things I want to talk about as well. I want to talk about Kim Shuck and the read on Sat Sundays. I've been to everyone. I am happy I've done that. I have found new poets that I didn't know about. I am sort of a newbie out here. And so uh, Kim has taught me a lot. And happy birthday. Happy birthday, Valerie. Thank you. Hey. You know we love you. Love All you right. too. Um, I'm going to read something uh, that I wrote a while back. Uh, for some reason it pulled at me today, so I'm reading it. It's called Revenge of the Riderless Horses. Underneath a sound of thunder coming from earth, running from the west, wild horses hooves stir crow. Excuse me, let me start again. One. Underneath is the sound of thunder coming from earth, running from the west, wild horses hooves stir clouds of dust. The plains swirl with an approaching storm. Waves of wind make themselves known by bending dry grass. Off in the distance, lightning hits the earth, giving life to thunder. The lives of wild horses increasingly grows worse in this new world. Capture, harassment, branding, death, things they've always faced. These horses run with a particular purpose. It's as if they run from some past memories of days better than today. In that memory, their relatives, the red men, they, they were bonded. Their relationships are one of health and wealth. When they ride together, they become one, each serving each other's needs. It was a relationship carried out in the East, on the Plains, and in the West, we, where both remained healthy. Horses helped their two-legged brothers and sisters, and the horse's needs were met by the two-legged. Though it must be said, not all native nations were horse nations, but these remnants of the Spanish came to be the new beast of burden, were important to many nations. With horses, one had wealth. They represented currency for trade and marriage or as a gift to the father of the woman in this union. There was, that was then, the people are gone, put on reservations or sent to urban centers separated from each other. The health and wealth of both suffered. This is why these horses run. 
They are aware of the church in the distance with graves of their red brothers and sisters, are the instrument that brought boarding schools along with the forts built to wage wars against their red brothers and sisters as symbols of their grief and why these symbols must be destroyed. They approach this chapel along with the storm who joins in their, in their annihilation. As if in concert, lightning strikes the steeple, softening up the structure of the riderless horse's demolition, causing the solitary bell to ring. This is chaos, and through chaos can bring anew. This is how the earth and we exist. Something Western scientists re recently concluded, a conclusion some indigenous people knew for thousands of years. Now, whether these horses had this all thought out or not, this is what happened. They surrounded the chapel. Winds whipped their manes and at times blowing them straight up into the sky. They nigh, snort, stomp, and back up into the chapel walls and begin kicking. As they do, the storm reaches its full force. It's like a modern day rock concert minus the lead guitar solo. Lightning trees out across the sky where clouds boil. The church bell clangs as the walls begin to crack. These horses are relentless. This church is coming down. It cries out as if it begins to crumble and fall, but no amount of bell ringing or cracking of wood will stop this demise. As the horses give their finest, final strongest kicks, they sense the end is near. They move away as this chapel gives its death moans and collapses. When it does, a tornado forms and heads to where this church stood, sweeping up this deed along with the gravestones of the ancestors so those in the empire would never find them. Those who need to know, know. The storm moves on and the quiet is left behind. There is no sign left of this symbol. All is swept away. The horses gather again in a circle, nodding their heads in approval. They break the circle and gallop away further into the plains, disappearing. At least that's the story I was told. That's the story of Mountain of Metaphor. Wow. A lot better about the collapse of what is. Thank you. Yeah. About the collapse. Chilling. The collapse of what is and the, the, the emergence of what can be. And, that's and this was the, um, I had wrote that back in 07, I think. Well, it's been a while. And then, um, Last year, I thought about that piece. I run through it again, and I realized that it was about Wounded Knee. I listened to a piece of music by Birol called Spirit Horses. While listening, a story is told to me that I call the Revenge of the Riderless Horses. It was told to me in early 2009. Later the next year, I decided to make my journey to Wounded Knee. The piece was about wild horses that destroyed the church on a on the prairie that represents the genocide of their red brothers and sisters and why. I visited family members and friends back in Ohio I had made after going to Vietnam. Some are friends of the Cherokee, uh, some are my, uh, members of the Cherokee and Ojibwe nations. I told them that on my way back to California that I was going to stop at Wounded Knee to pay my respects, to acknowledge the tragedy foisted upon the Lakota. They gave me their prayers and tobacco packets to leave at the pillar. When I arrived, I walked up to the monument. There were some young children sitting at the gate and a young man under the influence. Standing on the east side, I offered my tobacco, then making my rounds into the remaining three directions. I placed my friend's tobacco packets at the base of this column, 
that came the names of those who were killed by drunken soldiers, who butchered unarmed men, women, and children. Those soldiers were given Congressional Medals of Honor for their bravery. As I did so, I could feel the horror of the place, but at the same time the sacredness of it. Not sacred because of the church that stood there, but despite it. I feel the same as when I passed the Basilica in San Francisco where the graves of the Ohlone lay, death from the mission system brought to you by Father Juniper Sierra. It is the Ohlone land that I live that the empire killed and maimed and then calls it their own. I looked at the graves through the fence. I, <clears throat> I do not go to the graves. I could not. I felt no member of the empire had the right to do that until the reconciliation is finished and we earn our place back in the hoop. It wasn't until years later that I realized the story that I was told to me was about Wounded Knee, that the horse's destruction of the church was this church, the same church that was burned at the site in 1973 during the AIM occupation. The story I was told was a metaphor for the cataclysmic nature of the place and how the mother will sanctify it. Thank you. Wow. Richard. Blood flower. Blood and blood flower. flower. What a great duo you, you two made today. Thank you so much. And well, there's a little more work on that piece I need to do. Well, you know. Um, but uh, I certainly want to uh, congratulate you again, Richard, for, for winning your district in the, in the Poets 11 uh, c competition, poetry citywide competition. And uh, we'll be seeing you perform at the Coret Auditorium in of September. Ooh, September 18th. I see. That is a Sunday afternoon, folks. So if you're if you're out there listening, uh, you can hear Richard and, and, and see him in person um, uh, on September 18th. It's a Sunday at the Coret Auditorium in the main library here, the public library in San Francisco down at Civic Center. Uh, the afternoon is dedicated to the poets of San Francisco and the different districts. Uh, they represent the 11 districts, ergo. Poets 11. Um, you're listening to the Common Thread Collective here on mutinyradio.fm, and it's a beautiful Friday. And uh, what's we got going on, Dave? Hey, and of course, uh, Richard is here each and every Friday. He is. So, and we'll continue to uh, remind you, continue to update people, to let people know on what was it, the 18th of the Claret? Yes, and it starts at 1 p.m. One o'clock. And that's a Sunday afternoon. It is a Sunday afternoon. Okay. It is. So we got we have Kim Shuck on the eleventh, and we'll have uh, uh, we'll have Richard on the eighteenth, and all the glory of the people, all the networks and the connecting that we have. Now this this brother is Sylvester. Hi, Sylvester. And Sylvester told me that uh, Rob Jackson, I'm not sure which Rob Jackson, told him to come. Said we well, suggested he come through and talk about about art. Is that right? Yeah, most definitely. That's all. That's what I know so far. So Richard, tell us a bit about what you came to talk about. Sylvester. Talk about it. Sylvester, I mean. <laughs> Come and talk, tell us what you came to talk about. Okay. Here's your uh, time. Basically, um, I came in regards to uh, announce that uh, we are a conglomerate of artists that's together, community artists. And I came in representation of Rob Adam Ritstar Jackson. Oh, Rob, of course. Rob Jackson, he was here last week. He said, told me he's coming. This is about the show that he'll be doing there at the music. Where is it again? 
Uh, it's in Oakland. Oh, it's in Oakland. Oh, right. That's one of the other shows that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he wanted me to talk about like our shows, what we do there. Well, do it. Uh, do it. Whatever he wanted you to do, now you feel free to do. You're sitting in the chair, you have a mic in front of you. Tell us, brother. Okay. And tell the world. Okay, well, most definitely. Uh, me and Rob Jackson, we've been working together now three years. He's a real cool guy, you know. It's a lot of good music that come through there from community artists. Uh, like, we have a lot of visual artists there. It's pretty much like whatever you want to do, do it um, through there. You know what I mean? Like, me, when I hooked up with Rob Jackson, I was homeless at that time. He didn't know that, but, you know, from there, I actually uh, made a lot of money. <laughs> Not a lot, but, you know, I'm still a community artist, you know. I work with the CCSRO on the side where I help with housing rights, tenant advocacy and stuff. This morning, we just got through planting flowers in front of an SRO, so nice. I feel pretty accomplished. I'm, like, really wired up on positive energy. Nice. That's what we like to hear. And that's what we put <laughs> up, and we keep saying what's happening there. But you have yet to tell us where there is. Where is there? We know it's somewhere in Oakland. Okay. And uh, so get your phone out as we're doing. <laughs> He's getting his phone out and telling you where there. This is a place okay. where it's, this is uh, Rob Jackson. Yeah, because I know he because he was in here last week talking about some events coming up in October at Music City Studios here in the city. I think that's October 8th. Um, but you're talking about. An event that's happening this yeah. month, right, in, in Oakland, right? Yeah, it's Lounge 3411 on MacArthur Boulevard in Oakland, California, on Saturday the 24th, September 24th at 8 o'clock. Saturday the 24th, there'll be music. Yeah. There'll be art in the walls. Uh, the art and the music, there'll be music. It's uh, whatever you want to do kind of situation. It's about sharing kind of situation. It's about a community coming together. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most definitely. It's just positive vibes, creativity, community people that's getting together. You know what I mean? Like, I have friends that done that, done work with me there. Uh, like, you know, like I have a friend called Chris. Uh, he, you know, when he first connected up with me, he started his own company. He's a community guy, too. He does great work. And, you know, we're just, like, people from your neighborhood that want to do things. You know, we're, like, totally not big art. And big art is, like, a situation that's, like, really, really taking over the Bay Area right now. Okay, big art in the full sense of music, of, of whatever be the way you, you present yourself to come together, and it's about doing more together than any of us can do on our own. It's about doing more together than any of you can do on your own. Is that right? Yeah, most definitely. So let's tell and, the people again where it is. Yeah, that's it's what I was going to... 3411 gonna... MacArthur Boulevard uh, on September 28th at the uh, Lounge Street 411. Okay, that's at Seminary. Is that like a storefront or what is it? Is it a storefront? Have you been there? Uh, this, is, this is my first time being there. Okay. Uh, that's why I'm kind of like iffy about the address, but that's definitely a address right here. I got the flyer. Okay. Nice. Three, three, four, one, one, MacArthur Boulevard in Oakland. And what time does that show start? It starts at eight o'clock. It's a, a 21 and up party. Okay. That's good to know. So it must be at a bar. Well, anyway, so that's, uh, that's what we're, that's really good to know. So, uh, this, so this is what we're about, brother. Uh, he was right to send you in this direction because yeah. we're about to put it out and let people are doing what people are doing wherever they, they happen to be doing it because they know that we're all doing the same thing, that we have something similar in mind, which is the people coming together 
to do what they do. Hey, brother, Most Sylvester, yeah. thanks so, for coming. Yeah, thanks so, a lot. so Sylvester, what part do you have in the show? Because I know it's music and there's multimedia arts. Uh, so what what are what's your part in this? Well, basically, what I do, I'm a visual artist. <laughs> um, I do a lot of artwork on skateboards. You know, our cool. brand is called Skate or Die. Uh, my friend that usually does work with me, he's not going to be there this time because he's like really busy. Uh, he's like Sugar Bus Media. He custom makes mannequins, which is awesome. Custom makes what? <laughs> custom M- makes mannequins. 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 Is there going to be a mannequin there that he's uh, made? I'm going to try to get one. Well, try to get uh, whatever you can, and this is not till September when? September 28th. Okay, so if anybody else would like to come by and talk about it, there's always we have three hours, and there's room to talk about whatever it is people to do are doing, because we're about politics, we're about poetry, we're about music, we're about art, we're about casting a wide net because we be the common thread collective. Is that right, Bill? That's right, and I'm really okay. glad that you came down today, and and that Rob yeah. Jackson he came down last week with a taller younger brother who's going to be performing at the October show here in the city, and um, I think there was somebody else for week before that it came through so we're definitely uh yeah we're all part of the same uh, fabric here of the arts and uh you know want to be a platform for people like yourself and uh and the friends you're talking about to you know get the word out and uh, spread it around spreading the love here so nice to meet you yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks for coming. Absolutely. You're welcome anytime. All right, cool. And let's see, we, we have a room full of people and on the sidewalk, too. Tyler, why don't you come in? We I do. Let's bring our brother Tyler in. Let's do that. All right, let's throw a little music on and see what's happening see next. Typical new one, Tyler, too. Come on in, Tyler. Have a seat. Tell us what it is Hello. Tyler, good to see you, my friend. Good to see you guys. Good to be back. Sorry for my absence last week. Hey, no apologies necessary. Stuff happens. You got to take care of business. Indeed, it does. Yeah, I've had a, I've had kind of a little bit of a rough patch, but you know, when bad, bad karma is coming to get you, you're bound to get the good karma back. And so <laughs> I've had, a, I've had a, a bit of a strike of luck in the last couple of days. So hey, the dust has settled. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Now you can like start polishing stuff off and yeah, yeah, yeah. Get I'm it a- all shiny again. I'm actually, I was living in Pittsburgh the last six months, and now I'm going to be moving to Ingleside over by State. Oh, today, cool. Actually, after the show. Look so. at you go. I'm just going to come do a radio show and then, you know, go move my life. <laughs> well, I, I was working for six hours before I came here, too. So <laughs> You're amazing. You're amazing. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> it's good to be here. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I know we got to get you back over here by these boards and, and get your hands get your hands dirty on these boards a little bit I more. I know. I'm about to switch chairs. <laughs> Tyler is 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 our intern here, um, and has been doing a great job and a big has been a big help to me because if you've never been to Mutiny Radio, I'm kind of sitting in a fishbowl back here and all the actions happening or a lot of the actions happening out in our little art gallery space and I don't have arms long enough to move microphones and like talk to people who are out there um so it's 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 good to have you around and i know you're gonna be kind of like moving into this this spot at, at times i know i first i started off in this far chair and then i kind of moved over here and now i'm like you know right here right next to you awesome. learning on the board <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's the way to go Cl- climbing the non-corporate ladder 
Uh, <laughs> it's more like musical chairs, actually, I guess. Yeah. Uh, since yeah, we're, yeah. Since we're all about. Especially around these parts. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, so what's, what's, uh, what else has been going on? Or um, You said that we're going to have some cool folks coming in here in a couple weeks, I believe, yes. on the 16th. Tell us about those friends you have. I'm, I'm super excited to have them coming. So um, I'm from Sacramento. And um, one thing that Sacramento uh, really was lacking and kind of why I moved out here was because uh, um, was a sense of community and especially in the hip hop community. Um, and um, and there, there's a group of people there. They're known as ZFG, Zero, Zero Forbidden Goals. And um, they really have just in the last couple of years have taken that idea of no community and, and, and just kind of tossed it on its head. Uh, they've been doing a lot of really awesome things. Um, they uh, had a full day uh, at uh, uh, Concerts in the Parks in Sacramento, which is a free concert series. Um, they performed Black Alicious um, of the Bay Area, uh, definitely a legend out here. And that was like one of the most popular days of all time in the history of concerts in the park. So that was awesome for them. Um, as well as getting tons of features in local magazines, um, starting their own poetry series, um, during a poetry month called Gorilla Poetry Month, uh, where people were taking their poetry and putting it in front of people who otherwise would not have been <laughs> and going go, uh, you know hearing their poetry so they were videotaping going into coffee shops and and just uh you know kind of that slam poetry type of feel um uh, it was awesome it was awesome they got a, a huffington post mention wow, um, cool. for for that um because so, they were just because so you're saying it's like guerrilla poetry so they would just like go into a coffee shop and just kind of start like right like right stand so, up and do their thing so they started off the hashtag as national guerrilla poetry month and after their huffington post um feature it turned into international um guerrilla poetry month and they had people sending in videos from all over the world which i thought was really awesome um so really well deserved and i've done uh, andrew defy he's kind of like the head of the snake you know um he started zfg a couple of years ago um uh, I've, I've done shows with him um, as well as one of their re a really popular artists in Sacramento Spacewalker um, they got a lot of people in their collective and it's all happening out of Soul Collective in Sacramento if you're familiar with Sacramento or the poetry scene then you probably heard of the place um, so yeah they're, um, they're going to be uh, actually coming to San Francisco um, I believe the 15th, 16th and 17th and so I had reached out to, to Andrew on on Facebook and I and he was looking for places to stay for some of his friends that are also part of ZFG from um, LA I believe and so they're going to be coming up here and uh, I told him to come through the show there's a bunch of them so I said you know come get a couple of, couple of ideas of what you guys want to talk about um, get yourselves a couple you know two or three song sets a piece and come on through um, you know okay, come on through and we'll put it out there right right come right come on through so. and we'll do it here put it out there and we'll weave them they can be woven into the tapestry of life that we represent definitely I mean they're doing something very similar in Sacramento that we're doing here at Common Thread Collective so I knew we had to have them um, you know just bringing people together through uh, 
freedom of speech and, and poetry. And creativity is, and, and lending a hand. It's happening, uh, I believe it's happening everywhere things. around the planet, and we're streaming around the planet. So we're in an excellent position. I don't know, did you hear Lucid down there in Baton Rouge feeding the people? I did, I did. And so there you just... Shouts to Lucid. And so it's being out there to lend a hand when we need to lend a hand, but being here to also letting people know that what, uh, what needs to be done, what can be done, and that we can do more together than we can do on our own. Right. Tyler, That's so good to have a part of it. So good to be a to be a to be a hopeful member of our collective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, <laughs> definitely. As long as I keep showing up, huh? And it's, uh, it's, it's, Pretty much. That's how I got started. <laughs> well, who was it who said ninety percent ninety percent of success is showing up? We, yeah. Oh, we said that was um, oh the filmmaker. What's his name? Uh, uh, well, anyway, <laughs> smart anyway. guy, that guy. Yeah, he was. Ninety percent. Well, people are definitely <laughs> showing up here. We got Jennifer Barone and. Uh, yeah, Jennifer Barone is here representing the Word Party, which is coming back starting in October. In, so you can tell us more about we also that. Have in the car. We got Stephen. Uh, Stephen Gray Stephen has showed the, up, and I see he's got his uh, guitar his guitar ready. and uh, our friends from last week, um, Danny the, the Machine, yeah. right? And uh, and Joey, yeah, right. Not, not only that, but somebody else has picked up on with a video camera, and is with them, and is going to be documenting this. So they realize that they that these are people who should be documented. We knew documentary. that too. Documentary, yes. Two. And they're going to do. And there's Sapphire. And here's Sapphire. Sapphire. So uh, Stephen, I give a shout there? out. I, I give a shout out to my father and my family, and great the summer, and I'll do a, a, a lonely poem from my heart. Here I remember my childhood, I begin again, and I didn't start all over again. I listened to the school and I knew I was just outside and I was just looking inside. I prepared my dinner slowly and it was 40 years later. I had five children and two husbands, but I was careful. So I married and I loved each child as his own. Now I'm very gray, and I'm sitting before a window, and I'm not old. That's what I believe. I'm asleep now. Newborn. Thank you. Sapphire, that was wow. beautiful. Wow. Beautiful. Look at that look. Look at that look. This be my daughter, Sapphire. Spontaneously a poet, talking about her dad, talking about herself, talking about the world we find ourselves in. Is that right, Sapphire? That's right. And how beautiful. We got Stephen Gray. That was a beautiful poem. Thank you for and, doing that poem, Sapphire. It's good to see you. Jennifer, why don't you come in? <laughs> Stephen's got a couple songs. That was a good birthday poem, too. Thanks for that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I took a long time to make dinner, and then I was... <laughs> that was 40 old. years later. And then 40 years later. <laughs> then it was 40 years later. And he says, but uh, now I've got gray hair, and I'm not old. So it had a lot of... Wow, that was a lot of depth to that Jeez, there's these Whitakers, man. These witty Whitakers. They've got a, they got a lot to say. Hey, all I can say is that runs in the family. Hey, Grace. Hey, Ubi. It's been a while since he's been here with his bass guitar. Ah, uh, yeah. What an amazing. Anyway, I can say myself. Hey, Jennifer, it's so good to Hello, see you. Hello, how you doing? And I want to hear to say happy birthday to Val. Hi, Shout boys. out, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yeah, and it's, awesome. it's so good to see the revival of the word party as well. Yes, that's going to be uh, October 3rd. It's a Monday at Piano Fight from 7 to 9 p.m. 
and it's going to be you could come read poetry with live jazz accompaniment oh, the nova it. jazz behind you and we've been on hiatus for a year but now uh, we're coming back to piano fight so if it's a super successful night we're hoping that it continues it comes in like a monthly event but one of the few places in the city for uh, to read with live jazz well, I love to do it. You remember, remember how I love to do it, and I take it back yeah. to that generation of which I'm part of, that we were the ones in many ways that really came out there with, with poetry and jazz. I'm talking about the beat generation. Oh, yeah. And uh, you've probably heard those. Uh, there's still those. Uh, you occasionally see a record around uh, Phil and Getty yeah. in the cellar, uh, Kenneth Patchen yeah. in the cellar. Uh, Alan Ginsberg, I think, was one one of them, and I forget who else. But that was a thing to do back then. Yeah. You revived it. Ruth Weiss. Ruth Weiss. Ruth Weiss. Who was one Weiss. of the originators Weiss. of and the still ja- jazz poetry mu- movement, and she just read with the Beat Museum recently. I was I was out of town for it, but she's been at my house, and she mm-hmm. told me how she was the originator <laughs> of poetry and jazz, and I said, "All right." She told me some wild, 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 wild stories about the cellar, and I just wished that I was there to witness that. Tell me, tell me. I want to know. <laughs> it was uh, uh, Bruce Lippincott, a little guitar, a little uh, played uh, saxophone, and, and Judy Tristano. She was Lenny Tristano. You know Lenny Tristano? No. He was a real experimental jazz person. He was a big figure then. That was his ex-wife, and she played a little sax, a little sax. Uh, Judy Tristano, Bruce Levincott, uh, uh, and on uh, on uh, the bass was uh, Bob Marchese. That's it. It came to me now a long time ago, and it was truly a cellar on Green Street. You went down, and you know the matron who the matron D was. Who? Who greet you came through the door. Hey, Diamond. I was that was before I was Diamond Dave. That didn't happen until the early seventies. I'm talking about 1957. The Jazz Cellar, that's where I was. And who was the maitre d' who would greet you through? I saw him in a lot of other places because he was also kind of the mayor of the street and at the play. I'm talking about Bob Kaufman. Oh, Bob Kaufman, Was the yes. maitre d', and that's when he was still uh, fully coherent, coherent, and he was the one there, down there in the cellar. Hey, Bob, Bob Kaufman, Bob McKaysey, uh, Bruce Levincock, Judy Tristano, they all come back to me now because you happen to be here. Yeah, and I live two blocks away from where the old jazz cellar used to be. I think it's like a cell phone place now. (laughs) But I just want to open back, back open the the jazz cellar. It sounded Uh, amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that was was 1957. Uh, That was before you were born, am I right? Yes, oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. Yep. And still here. <laughs> what the fuck? Quite, quite a ways before here, she was born. Uh, and here I'm still venturing. sitting here. <laughs> oh, by the way. But my, Ruth Weiss, though, speaking of Ruth Weiss. She's um, still here. She's about she's 84. Here. She is. And when I, because um, I teach ESL, you know, English as a second language, to adults. And I, I work kind of near North Beach now. Um, so once every couple months or so, or maybe a couple times a year, I'll do a, I'll do a post class and it helps them with pronunciation because it's like rhyming you know like so we read some uh, Robert Frost you know kind of keep it kind of simple and like I teach them about rhyming and and you know sounds and stuff like that and then we go to the city lights and we go to Jack Kerouac alley and we go to the um, the birds place there on the corner of Columbus and Broadway and we like collect words and then I make them sit in Washington Square and write a poem but after uh, well we're still in class and uh, we're doing a little Robert Frost which you know is is kind of more like classical forms and then I'm like and not everybody rhymes and then uh, I, I, I I pass out um, 
Ruth Weiss's poem, Fireworks. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they kind of read it and try to get an idea of what it is. And then we listen to her doing it with the jazz band. Um, but it, it's, it's a great piece. Um, it's, it's like uh, you're offshore. And um, it's like if you've got too much cargo, you know, just toss it overboard. <laughs> you know? uh, it's a really cool piece, Fireworks. Well, you know what works. I like to do? I've offered it because I've done it before. I'd love to be there to take a take a tour of of, of uh, the, those steps I used to walk in 1957, when our store was Grant Avenue, and and talk about what it was like back then and show you the place. You should you should go talk to the guys. The I mean the Beat Museum do beat tours of the neighborhood. Well, I could do one with you, you could, guys. I'll do it. I want the Diamond Dave there. tour of Northeast. <laughs> I know, yeah. right? Me too. I don't know, Dave. You might be a little more. It might be a little difficult for a lot of my students to understand you. Well, I could slow down, but anyway, I'd be glad to give you a tour of. Uh, I believe it when I see it, Diamond that. Dave. Because <laughs> what? I want to go on the tour. Yeah, I want to sign up right now. Take me. Signed up. Take me. And whatever wants to go, you want to go? I want to go. Stephen Gray is going to go. Let's start right now. Find a day and we'll do it. Do it. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start there. I'll go to the place, the bagel shop. That's where we hung out. Where When uh, when Grand Avenue was a store on Hate Street was in 67, that was our store in 57. And this is before the uh, St. Lights was a much smaller place. It didn't have that long one. It was just a narrow, it was just that triangle. But now we can still end up at the poetry in the poetry room, at the at the poetry room at the Sea uh, Lights Bookstore, and we can pull books we can pull books off the shelf, and we can read it and have our own reading of uh, some of those of some of those folks. Bob Kaufman, Fish with Frog's Eyes, Creation is perfect. That's Kaufman, the poet. You've heard me read it, and I believe. But we'll do it in the, in the poetry room at City Lights, where we could even go smoke a joint. Mm-hmm. And Jack, what became Jack Kerouac <laughs> Alley. This yeah, sounds like the best tour ever. It was just an alley. We used to go an alley between Vesuvio's and the Vesuvio's uh, and the Say Lights. We used to go, I was going to smoke one in 1957. It was really dangerous, too. You could go to jail for years, uh, Neil Cassidy did. I'm talking about being Dean Moriarty from uh, Jack Kerouac. I knew him, too. Anyway, and Kerouac, they were there. I will resurrect and do that story. So let's do it. Anybody who'd like to join us, let us know. I and, and we'll pick a day and uh, do it. Should we do that? Yes. Okay, meanwhile, here we are. Happy birthday, uh, Val. And yeah. here we're to do a couple songs. He's waiting. He's getting the guitar ready. So why don't you introduce this brother? Uh, and then we're gonna. All right, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna introduce uh, Stephen Gray. He's Stephen. a regular at the Word Party and many other readings around the city. Please uh, get ready for the musical poetic stylings of Mr. Gray. <laughs> and he brings me back to Twelve Adler, right across the street from City Lights as well. Take Thank you very much. Stephen. I'm on. You are on. Thank you for waiting patiently. Good to see you and happy birthday. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming through. You finally made it to 21. That's true. And that's now, true. I really enjoyed buying that beer today. It a, was it was a milestone for anything, me. Anything you can do, anything you want now. <laughs> Pretty much. So I'll do a, a couple songs. This first one is going to sound familiar. Uh, it's an old melody, and I changed the uh, words. It's called uh, "On Top of Old Smoky." On top of my girlfriend, my head in a cloud. 
smoking aloud on top of my girlfriend, and we're in love. The smoke is below me, and then it's above. Top of old Smokey, have so much to learn. While she is exhaling, I do a slow burn. On top of old Smokey, obscuring the view, I said I can't breathe. She said, Who are you? I said, I'm your boyfriend. I've been here all night. She said, if you hate it, then turn out the light. So what are you smoking? It smells like weed. She said, don't ask questions. It's not what I need. And if you love me, your love shouldn't fail. I said, if you swallow, then I can inhale. And she proceeded to blow a smoke ring. It went around me, and I had to sing. On top of my girlfriend, head in a cloud. A woman is smoking, smoking's allowed. Stephen Gray. Thank you. <laughs> We were, we were uh, commenting in here that it was an appropriate follow-up to Diamond Dave's suggestion that we all get high in Jack Kerouac Alley. Um, yes, it was. <laughs> this one is maybe less, um, I hope it's less appropriate. It's not the happiest song. Um, about a friend of mine who got a little too close to certain chemicals, drugs, and these are over-the-counter illegal stuff, which, as you know, is becoming more dangerous than anything these days. It's called a survivalist. We would sit around the fire, throwing gunpowder on the flames. He'd drink and smoke until he couldn't remember where he came from. He grew up on the Missouri River like a real survivalist. He would shoot a deer and clean it with a knife and leave the rest. Leave the Ritalin alone. Your own adrenaline is fine. I have a shotgun funeral. And you're gone at 49 
He worked in the Sierra Club. The ranchers thought he was subversive. He was probably bisexual. It made him apprehensive. His father died before he should have. Radiation from the war. He could take care of himself, but he couldn't find a more. Leave the Ritalin alone. Your own adrenaline is fine. I have a shotgun funeral, and you're gone at 49. and put a bullet in his chest. song Stephen Gray um, there I was just re reading uh, yesterday about one of the women that um, the president has you know commuted her sentence she was thrown into prison for life on a drug charge um, and uh, you know while she was in prison um, she had like a knee replacement or something and they wouldn't offer her any, you know, painkillers, but they would offer like oxytocin and all this oh, stuff yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know, like all And so like the irony, I mean, it wasn't mentioned in the, in the article I was reading, but it's such an irony to be thrown into jail for drugs. And then when you're yeah. in jail, they just want to give you prescription drugs. Um, so, uh, stuff that people do get hooked on and they got to pay a lot of money for. Yeah. And the, um, yes. Yeah. And the Ritalin too. I mean, they're yes. starting kids on Ritalin, so it's a it's a dangerous uh, business to be in. Yes, it is. Well, thanks yeah. for coming through. So, do you have anything else uh, coming up that you're uh, excited about, or other than the Word Party coming back on October third? Uh, word Party October third. Yeah, I'm going to be there. Um, I had some things going on, and I can't remember what they are. But all right, well, probably if, somewhere if, off in the dim future. <laughs> um, Nice. Well, if, if you're hanging out and you think about it again, let us know. Okay, I'll do that. And then we'll, 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 we'll give you a mic for, for any announcements you want to make. Are we good? Or is this good? We're good. We're good. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Any music you want to play and any words you want to say, that's what we're here to do. And speaking of the drug job, these, uh, these folks are sentenced to life in prison under, under maximum minimum. Like uh, most of them was marijuana or LSD. This is not Oxycontin. This is not an uh, opiate so much. Mo right, a good that's, share that's what they're the serving up in prison. Yeah, in prison. But <laughs> the most, of the, most of the things they're sent to prison for. Yeah. 
Crack cocaine. Com- commuted uh, some of crack cocaine, Bad. but a lot of it was marijuana and, and LSD. Like there's this deadhead guy who had life in prison for several thousand doses of LSD. He had life in prison. He was a deadhead dude, and now he's walking free. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that's um, those are the majority of the uh, pardons, the presidential pardons um, that have been issued from the Obama administration is basically people who are put in on nonviolent drug charges and given you know exorbitant sentences like life in prison. Um, when you know people who do other horrendous violent things often get out you know in a couple of years that guy who the, the stanford rapist just got out is getting out after three months um so so definitely an, an an a lopsided system but i think that you know because so much of this is coming to light um and we had um there's a stop mass incarceration network and the fact that the department of justice is now backing away from uh private prisons um you know i it, it's a national conversation happening now and a lot of those laws that have put people behind bars for a long time for nonviolent drug charges are being repealed and changed um you know not fast enough but um you know enough that it's that it's brought it into the the national awareness so and we're done with all of that we're here uh, representing <laughs> the, certainly the left side the poetry side the music side, the people's side, and here be Jennifer. Jennifer, you're Yeah, involved. yeah. Actually, I got some political poetry as yeah, well, well because... It's all political uh, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, Think it is. Everything is. Um, but the last time I was here, I was actually on uh, Val's Women's Magazine show, and I had read a, a poem called Body of War, oh, yeah. and it was a personal poem, but it was about how the world is really at war over a woman's body, and a lot of things have happened in the news over the past few weeks, specifically... The situation in France, where a woman was asked on the beach to disrobe from her burqa, and there's been an uproar about that. And the, the New York Times had surfaced an old photograph of a woman in Italy, of all places, getting uh, ticketed for wearing a bikini. <laughs> but this was in 1957. But so I felt like I needed to write a part two to this poem. So I wrote it for Val and oh, have wow. her read that. Oh, wow. Body of War Part Two. Cover me, uncover me, uncover me, cover me, cover me, uncover me, uncover me, cover me. To protect me, you say, to protect yourself, your fear of the naked breasts that could feed the world, your fear of your lack of self-control. What you fear is the wild woman, and so you want to control. Cover me, uncover me, uncover me, cover me in your land of liberté, led by a bare-breasted Marianne charging from the bow of your ships into the war-torn sea. Cover me, uncover me, uncover me, cover me in my bare breasts on the beaches of Normandy, on Bikini Beach where atomic bombs are dropping, ready for the imagined war we are always preparing for in some distant land, on some far offshore where brown people wear burkas, their eyes barely able to see underneath their coverings. Cover me, uncover me. Uncover me, cover me. There's a war. Yes, there's a war, but it's not in the desert. It's being played upon this shore of a woman's body on a minefield of breasts, hills of butt, and mounds of jiggling flesh. It's not an atomic bomb, you fear. It's the bombshell of a woman that's near. 
But what you really should fear is up here. If you bring up your eyes from her breast to her painted lips, to her frightened eyes distraught with fear and shame, confusion and blame, to what's behind the black, blue, brown, green of them, her mind awakened to her strength, her mind awakened to injustice, her heart will move her lips to cry aloud, you will not tell me what to think, you will not tell me what to believe, you will not tell me what to say, you will not tell me what to wear, in a completely covered body don't you dare uncover me in a completely uncovered body don't you dare cover me or else it is you that will need protection from she from the wild and untamed woman from the wild and untamed woman finally tired of your controlling tendency wow that's what i say that's why I said I have Academy. chills all up and down my arms. Wow, Jennifer Barone, you're so Barone. gifted and so and powerful. Can I read one more feminist well, anthem? Well, just, <laughs> yes. I want to jump in for a minute. Uh, I want to Jennifer. I want to jump in for a minute uh, as you're getting, as you're ready. What I said, what came to me in the spirit from the spirit were these words: "Goddesses galore, sisters glorious." And I see that's what's happening with the women, particularly young women, are stepping up. Stepping up as they should, and that's what's happening. It's called Goddesses Galore, Sisters Glorious. That's what came to me, and I see it's true. And Jennifer, that's what you're all about. Give us another. Last time I was talking to Val, we were talking about the Olympics, and she brought to light all these things that happened at the Olympics with the women, especially the women uh, in Iraq, right, who couldn't, Iran, uh, Iran, Iran yeah. who couldn't uh, attend the games, and I didn't even know that, so she was uh, opening my eyes to that. Another thing that happened was Fu from China said she had her period, <laughs> and she couldn't, she was like, she won the bronze, but she was like, oh, I had a hard day, I had my period, and, and everybody went crazy, so. Right, because she was a swimmer, right? Right? She's a swimmer. Yeah. So I wrote about that. Nice. Chinese women. That's definitely true. That was historical and hysterical and certainly hysterical. Take it away, Jennifer. I got my period today and no one knew about it. Fu said she got her period today on TV during the Olympics. She said it was a hard day to swim. They didn't know women could swim when they had their period, period. China's internet blew up. My mind exploded. You might be able to see the blood splatter on the screen. Blood they do not want to show in commercials, staying far away from the color red. Somehow it looks like blue water spilling in the imagination of the mind. But there is no mistaking it in mine. I remember when it first happened. I thought I was about to die. Cramping pains in my pelvis, internal bleeding, cancer, a tumor, options that ran through my adolescent mind. Blood on my hands, illusions of stigmata, my legs and the floor, a murder scene, wounded, internally wounded by an invisible force returning home from church with punishments from the divine what did i do this time oh right i was born a woman and then they tell me this is my gift they call it a visitor or my friend but it's no friend i dread it i want to swim faster i want to run a marathon i have places i want to be but it forces me to slow down which honestly might be a good thing it tells me to relax and take it easy, stay in bed a little longer, take a bath, take the waters where she won bronze instead of gold because of her period. Yes, the waters where this started, the waters where flesh and blood emerge, blood no one wants to mention, quiet suffering that comes to light, but I keep swimming, I keep swimming. 
Yeah, that was that was that was so good. That was so powerful, you know, and it's, you know, I I'm so happy that you're writing feminist poetry um, because it's the year 2016 and there's still so much that stands against uh, women in this world, um, even though in many ways uh, it may be kind of beneath the surface in in a a lot of ways. So I want to read um, a poem on uh, to, to compliment that, hopefully. Right. But that was a powerful poem. Jennifer Barone, you're amazing. Jennifer. I love Val. All right, so um, here we go. I knew it was coming. The flush through my body, the hardness of my breasts, a wash of solemn resolve, my power playing out its monthly incantation, announcing itself as present. It makes me think of Kali, that bloodthirsty Hindu goddess who was made to save the world from war, but whose celebratory dance shook the foundation of stability. She had become trophy happy, wore proudly the human arms of the dead men whom she had silenced. But in this gory display, we see the stories of ego and victory. Don't dance too heavy on the graves, but rather gaze beyond the flood Feed the rivers, but do not drink the blood. It is for the soil, the water, and weather. Benign storms only endeavor to remove debris. Resettle it in anarchy. Distribute seeds generously, even those with thorns. Brandish not a bludgeon, but move through the dense country with shameless grace, escalating senses and collecting shades of transformation. Wow. Goddesses Happy galore. birthday, Val. Thank you. Yeah, so thank beautiful. you so much. Uh, thank you, Jennifer Barone, for coming through. And so looking forward to the word party coming back October Woo! 3rd. That's a Monday evening at Piano Fight. That's down on Taylor Street in the Tenderloin, Taylor and Eddie. And uh, 7 to 9. And Nova Jazz, an amazing en- ensemble um, with band leader, your, uh, your husband, band leader. Daniel Hefez. Daniel Hefez. And there. then uh, Cara Vida and I are also going to be featuring over at Bird and Beckett, the open mic on Monday, September 19th at 7 p.m. So come oh and bring goodness. your poems. So much uh, crazy. You and Cara Vida, so that's going to be a powerful night. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Lots of music and cabaret stylings. Oh, wow. Most you. excellent. And here's uh, Stephen's got one more poem he wants to do. I'm talking about Stephen Gray. Take him away. Stephen. Hello. Am I on? Thank you. This is a happy song called One Foot in the Grave. Soldier is expendable, only 21. Though he's feeling older with shell shock and a gun. Has to follow orders, he's treated like a slave. He goes into a firefight with one foot in the grave. When you're getting old, it's like you are invisible. Insurance going through the roof, inadvisable. Women look right through you, how should I behave? I'm feeling like some kind of ghost One foot in the grave
is addicted, she is constantly depressed. No matter what a man is doing, she is not impressed. Alcohol is getting to her, some cannot be saved. For most of her life, the woman has had one foot in the grave. Some people drive around at 90 miles an hour A near-death experience, they like to feel the power Now there is a lot of wreckage in the home of the brave Some have one foot on the gas and one foot in the grave Hobos and the homeless sleeping on the ground As if they're giving up the ghost, although they get around Ride the rails, not all there, moving in a daze They get a leg up on a freight, one foot in the grave It means you can't assume You'll be around tomorrow Sitting in a room Counting off the minutes They're coming like a wave The footage of infinity With one foot in the grave Telephone pole, one foot in the grave. Spider web and vapor trail are floating in the air. When a man is lost in thought, he is barely there. His feet are on the ground, like they're made of clay. And those who are living close to the earth. Have one foot in the grave And those who are living close to the earth Have one foot in the grave Thanks, Stephen Gray. Thank you. That was a thank you for singing me that that loving birthday song. <laughs> Very happy. <laughs> hey, you know what? We're only here for a certain amount of time here on this plane. Um, I hope we circle back again and again. Um, but we've got. <laughs> Oh, oh, Tom has joined us for a moment to give us a... Hi. A, an, an Happy birthday, Val. Thank you, You kindly. are a treasure to all of us, and I mean that globally. Yeah. Uh, yes, I am Tom Ward, uh, and 
Uh, coming up soon is the fifth anniversary of Occupy Wall Street's inception, and we the most heartening political development is that it's the under 45 age cohort who is ready to uh, listen to what Bernie Sanders was saying in terms of Scandinavian social democracy uh, as a prototype has uh, more than 70 years of proven track record. People have the option of voting it out and have had that long. So, uh, so both in terms of civil liberties and uh, media that speak out against and critique People have repeatedly said, we like our large public sector. We like paying the higher taxes. Our public transportation is state-of-the-art, runs on time. Uh, we, we voted. There, have been, there is opposition to it that speaks freely. It's just that people say, no, we like this deal. It works out well for us. Uh, Sweden, we're talking about Norway, Denmark, Denmark, Finland, and uh, social democracy, and that's what Bernie is talking because Bernie never said he's a Democrat, he says he's a democratic socialist. That's right. And that's what you say is the kind of socialism he's looking for. You know, he and I were members of YPSO. Back in the late 50s, early 60s, that's the Young People's Socialist League. That's the youth group of the Socialist Party. Not Trotskyist, not Leninist. Not, uh, not, uh, not Stalinist, uh, we talk about Hirschman, not Stalinist, but uh, democratic socialism. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and I think also the fact that there's not the kind of foul aftertaste of the, of the great Leninist detour that lasted about 75 years from, well, next year will be the centennial of the November, uh, October by the old calendar, and the Leninist then people aspiring to that model. and the what vanguard. The, uh, yeah, and what... The, the vanguard. Yeah, and the shootout, the shootout between the Stalinists and the anarchists is in Ken Loach's movie Tierra y Libertad, Barcelona, 1937. It got to that point. Um, and the bad example of, of the, uh, the, the travesty, which, yeah, we get the word root of transvestite as well, the travesty of proletarian self-emancipation and what Marx had originally written, the emancipation of the workers can only be done by the workers themselves. Okay, so here we are at the grassroots. Uh, here we are at the grassroots, and I think we're, we're more and more seeing a point where the kind of anarchy I'm talking about, which is uh, which I which is also called uh, collective autonomy, here at the grassroots, can shake hands and is shaking hands with the kind of democratic socialism kind of exemplified by Bernie Sanders and that whole movement to the left of him which is not about Leninism, Trotskyism, Stalinism, but about a grassroots democracy, whether you call it democratic socialism or anarchy, we can shake hands and work together. There you go. Fuck yeah, and it's uh, the fifth uh, uh, well, The fifth anniversary of Occupy is coming up. It's going to be a picnic, and it's going to be, oddly enough, we're talking about, uh, it's going to be, I'm not sure of the date, but we're bringing that uh, next week. Do you know the date? It's going to be a picnic at uh, uh, just across the road from where Occupy was, uh, which is where Occupy was, and that's Sue Bierman Park. And okay. Sue Bierman was a member of the, those very folks we were talking about. She's a member of the Board of Supervisors, one of the first progressive members of the Board of Supervisors, coming out of the Haight-Ashbury, coming from what we got up the hills, Calvin Welch, uh, uh, Sue Bierman. We were all connected way back then. She became a supervisor. She was killed in a strange accident on Haight Street herself, and now...
the uh, the the fifth that we'll be talking about this morning, maybe next week. I know that uh, Mona Lisa has a good deal of making this happen, but this will be the fifth anniversary of Occupy. You hear it now. You hear it first. It's going to be right there, right there in Sue Beerman Park, right across from the Federal from the uh, from the ferry building. All right. And uh, regarding my own homelessness, at what had happened yeah, there, I, I had I had a market rate place in the Tenderloin, and for a while, uh, but now has, has left us Michael Cliff, a uh, pirate Mike from Occupy was saying there, and a couple other comrades were, uh, and uh, but it was yeah it was a thousand dollars it was on Leavenworth between Turk and Eddy, uh, and and uh, market rate was a thousand bucks at that time. Thousand dollars a month. Yeah, how how cheap, huh? Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but at least I had to keep because I'd already been through the SROs. One of the wags for one of the alternative weeklies describing the SROs. It's like a correctional facility. You have to sleep with one eye open and without, but without the benefit of the guards. Yeah, that's well, a pretty accurate SROs description. Is... Never again for the SROs. Well, you're now out there in the yeah. street, but at least uh, you got you, you've, you've you've lasted through some cold nights. Uh, uh, am I right? Yeah, the only oh, shelters I'll consider. Well, the, the only shelters I'll consider now are the interface ones that operate from mid-November to through the rainy months um, because they don't put you through a friggin' metal detector, the surveillance that, you know, this is just outrageous all the other humiliations that they impose on poor people uh, yeah, you gotta go through that, that, you know, and you're free to leave if I'm having a restless night and I want to walk out of there at 3 o'clock in the morning different churches uh, take it on three weeks at a time, take turns doing it, uh, so that's the only one I'll consider. So that's where you Otherwise, I, I, well, I, I refer to Bedouin culture and, and the Tinker culture in Ireland, which is my, my paternal ancestry. I'm sort of back to my roots, who prefer the itinerant lifestyle. It was a, uh, and I'm also from a friend in Dublin, another term for tinkers. They're now called travelers. They even have a, but they prefer to live on the outskirts of town, on gypsies in effect. So you have gypsies, tinkers, uh, Bedouins. And Tom Moore. And Arab- and t- yeah, there you go. They're so just a gypsy in my soul. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but freedom, blessed freedom, part of my diagnosis is claustrophobic terror, claustrophobic dread, oh my goodness. the fear of confinement. Oh, no. The idea that somebody else says when I come or when I go, I mean, yikes. Uh, so, yeah, I'll, I'll conclude with this song. Give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Don't fence me Let in. me ride over wide open country that I love. Don't fence me in. Not me and any of the other gypsies or nomads or... Well, I think there's some warm nights ahead. Uh, or Bedouins. Yeah. Hey, uh, Tom, uh, warm nights ahead, I think, uh, because, uh, because it looks uh, to me like the Indian summers now here. We have a couple nights of warm summers, a couple months of warm San Francisco nights, I hope, and beautiful days. So here we are. Welcome, Tom. Good to and see now, you again, Tom. Thanks for coming you, back. And you're going to see more of me than you can. No, I'm going to bring, as I did in the past, through 2012, I gave on the anniversary when we got some money in the Occupy Forum, the talk I gave... Uh, was the working class anarchist tradition, how does it apply to Occupy? Um, and Dave, uh, through 
our fr- friend from Chicago, uh, Penelope Rosemont, Penny Rosemont, the Surrealist Group, yeah, and uh, and and the book that she had published uh, regarding the IWW and Gene Debs, which was called Joe Hill and the Making of a Working Class Counterculture. So as the the master of hipstery uh, refers, you know, going back, and it's true that with the IWW, T Bone Slim, the poet, and some of their cartoonists, just fantastic blockhead and all this stuff. Casey Jones. Yeah. Anyway, we could go on too long. Yeah, Titan. Maybe if you get a get a hold of one of those, some of those books and bring them in, we can read some excerpts from them. Thanks, Tom Ward, for coming through again. It's good to see you. Absolutely. So, Dave, I'm I'm letting you know right now that we've got about 20 minutes left in the show. So, um, I know we've got. Uh, he's ready up at the microphone. Yeah. Mike, just a hair. I can hear you. Yes, I hear you. Thank you, dear. Thank you. Thank you to you. Okay. Oh, you're sweet. And all you guys. Uh, this is something I'm just gonna work on right now.
to the time Says she's got my money But I ain't seen a dime Just a big mouth woman Big mouth gal Oh, I know you got a baby She's a big mouth woman Who met a guy with a big mouth now Well, she's a big mouth woman Says she's got the best that dress come on show me where you don't think you're just like all the rest another big mouth woman oh baby a big mouth gal something else planned for you. Thanks, Joey Stewart. We like hey. that you come and play the blues. And up next, we're going to have a, a, an announcement from Mona Lisa, who's come to tell us about what's going on for Peace Day. Hi, Mona Lisa. Hi, it's so awesome to be here, TGIF. Yeah, Friday. And it's a long weekend, too. It Thank sure you to the la people who have fought for labor rights. Uh, labor Day. It sure is a long time coming, I'll tell you that. Um, so I guess um, we should start with just mentioning that September 21st is the United Nations International Day of Peace. It's today, one day a year, at least one day a year, that we remember that peace is possible. Um, right now, I'm, you know, just to keep you up to date, you know, we, we, I remember it was 2010 when, I think it was 2010 when the largest arms deal, the U.S. arms deal that had ever historically taken place um, <clears throat> was a sale of um, billions of dollars, over $50 billion worth of arms to Saudi Arabia. 
And so along with not just the billions of dollars are all these contracts and government contracts and corporate contracts, which are very profit-motivated sales. Um, so anyway, this largest, largest arms sale happened. <clears throat> and so now here it is, 2016, and um, Yemen is basically getting bombed off the face of the earth by and Saudi Arabia by Saudi Arabia right um, who bought the weapons in 2010 from the United States right and the weapons which the, the the airplanes and all that which are serviced by United States companies and the companies that sold them the arms so <clears throat> it today the US is the number one arms trader in the world and when we wonder, you know, where, what's the chain of custody of the arms that get traded and where they go, whether they are in Boko Haram or um, the, the hands that they end up in eventually, um, it's time to start thinking about really the role the United States has and our industries have in contributing to this ongoing violence that's happening all around the world. Um, for the Syrian refugees right now, you know, we, we hold ourselves, our hearts together, our, our spirits together um, for all those people who are victims of warfare around the world on September 21st. So people are doing that in a variety of ways. Um, and also, um, Diamond Dave asked me to, to mention that September um, 17th will be the, um, the fifth anniversary of Occupy. So what's going to be happening for that? Do we know any details about uh, a gathering or? Um, well, there are many different um, gatherings happening, and so you can, uh, I guess, Google that. <laughs> I'm not ready to take responsibility for that one. Sure, <laughs> it's a collective <laughs> effort, Occupy, but it is. It's a, I think it's a, it, and it's a good um, moment for that to to resurface, uh, considering the current political climate, and that it'll be the month leading up to the general election in which so many important decisions are going to be made throughout the country. That's right. And I know one of the actions that people are taking um, on September 17th is to occupy their own finances and to take their their money out of the banks that have been um, the culprits in the undermining of the well-being of regular people. And since the whole 2008 fiasco that kind of set the whole um, Occupy Wall Street movement off, um, it's something to be said that, you know, what role are we playing when we have our money in banks that um, are playing? a role in um, our own devastation. So people are moving their money to credit unions, and that's something that, yeah, it's something that we can each individually do. If you know, is there something that I can do, I can move my money to a credit union. All right. Talking about thinking outside the box and taking individual action uh, towards a better a better world, a better country. Um, and uh, yeah, hit, kind of hitting where it hurts. <laughs> Mona Lisa, Thank you so much. So I know in the past we've had some San Francisco SF Peace Day. Is there anything going on this yeah, year? Yes, September 17th, there's going to be Peace in the Park at Golden Gate Park at the Music Concourse all afternoon starting around noon. Um, there will be music and different events. Um, I know that um, the Holistic Underground is going to in the morning do um, a, a workshop on um, privilege Ooh. and understanding that a little bit deeper. It's kid-friendly. There will be arts and crafts for the kids. 
kids and it's peace in the park so is that on the you said on the sets on the 17th it's on september 17th all yes. right very cool the music concourse there well good i uh, mentioned it we have a few fridays in between and what we're about right here is putting these things out and as they flourish and flower and unroll we'll be doing it well look we only have a few minutes left it's true and i thought we should have a special something special here are we as having uh, is windsong going to do something uh, windsong is going to join us i don't know because this be no pressure windsong we're all we're all here <laughs> and this uh, Val. yes today your bed today be your b day is that right it is true so hey brother will you lead us and say happy birthday valerie oh, so everybody I- this is up for everybody windsong come on in here everybody get on up there you got to get there this is Happy birthday, Valerie. Take us out, Val. Take us out, everybody. Get involved. Happy birthday, Valerie. That's what I wanted to do. <laughs> Thanks, Dave.
show. Has this be another edition? A special show? A special happening? Bringing friends together? Joey Stewart. Thanks so much for playing on the show. Thanks for playing me a real cool 
blues version of a birthday song. You know, the birthday song, like that's the the normal one, is kind of a really like depressing sounding song. You know, happy birthday. You know, everyone's kind of like, okay. You know, and that that was that was very cool. I really appreciate that. Um, so thank you for bringing your talents. Thank you everyone for contributing what you contribute to the uh, Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio. I love being a part of the station. Um, it's it's a real real sweet uh, situation. Hey, and I see Tyler sitting right there beside you. Hey, Tyler, we got 25:36. We have a few minutes left. Take it away, Tyler. Me? Oh. Yeah. Oh, this is so unexpected. I know. Okay. There he okay, is. Okay. Well, um, I guess com- current event: uh, Colin Kaepernick um, deciding not to stand up for the national anthem. Yeah. Um, so I thought I'd share this poem today. Uh, I've shared it here before, but it's kind of a more powerful one. So um, we're all sitting down right here, brother. Take it away. All right. We don't sit for stand for no anthem either. We uh, we sit around. Thank you, Dave. Okay. It happened again, so I'm rapping again. Another black man's gone and nothing's happening yet. Enlighten me. Who are we to call when our back's against the wall? But Tom beneath the jaw, walking taller be a fall. Cause it seems that being black is the fastest death sentence. 350 for a gram of that top shelf melanin. But if you're selling some CDs, well that's a one way road to heaven. You see, these cops are malevolent, type of shit that the devil sent. Stomp a nigga till he's bloody, laugh about it, and text, then send. To them, I'm less than peasant. So with them, I'm less than pleasant. Lack of trust, it's ever present. So when I'm checking on my brethren, after we are splitting ways, it's cause you never really know if today's your last day, or my day, or her day, or your day, or his. Shit, dying of oppression's literally as good as it gets. And I'm a double minority, black American and Chicano, which makes me four times more likely to be dead than mowing lawns, yo. So where the fuck is Lil Uzi Vert at? Someone call up Young Thug. Lil Yachty ain't gonna talk about it. He's busy being the plug. Make a dollar off your ignorance and you idiots show him love. Putting paper in their pocket. And you still ain't getting a hug. Fuck. My heart is heavy, I'm scared but always ready Got a mask inside my backpack cause I'm past the point of petty I've never packed a Glock or Magnum but I bet my aim is steady And when oppression turns oppressor, I'm t- hunting game like Serengeti So let's call it like it is Because they murdered that man Less than 12 hours later, they fucking do it again Right in front of his fam, no remorse on the cam Just another trending topic to the media, says drop it Flips the fucking script, proceeds to paint the victim toxic Then the judge will drop the charges and the cops are walking scarless And the family of the victims are the real victims of all this And the world keeps on spinning Until that one fateful night When you're out with all your homies and you see them flashing blue lights And the figure screams behind you, you better show me your fucking hands You pull your hands out of your pocket And then it's happening again Thank you Wow, Tyler, we're welcome to the family, Tyler Hey, win the song, it's so good to see you How are you, big sister? Thank you Hi, Dave 
Thank Good. you, Tyler. Welcome, welcome, Tyler. For speaking welcome to the so much truth. Yeah, thank you, Tyler. And we got and this ever-growing family right here, Val. We do. And you know what? We've got just a few minutes left. We've got a caller on the line who's well, we got do. just a moment or so to uh, contribute. Are you on the phone? Are you on the line? Hello? James Ellis here. James Zellis. Thanks for calling in. We've got just a couple minutes here in our schedule. Uh, thanks for calling in to contribute. Thanks for having me on the show. Take it away. It's Mr. J. Krishnamurti. Just, just two minutes. We all place ourselves at various levels, and we are constantly falling from these heights. It is the falls we are ashamed of. Self-esteem is the cause of our shame, of our fall. It is the self-esteem that we must understand, and not the fall. If there is no pedestal on which you have put yourself, how can there be any fall? Why have you put yourself on a pedestal called self-esteem? Human dignity, the ideal, and so on. If you can understand this, if you can understand this, then there will be no shame of the past. It will have completely gone. You will be what you are without the pedestal. If the pedestal is not there, the height that makes you look down or look up, then you are what you've always avoided. It is this avoidance of what is, of what you are, that brings about confusion, antagonism, shame, and resentment. You do not have to tell me or another what you are, but be aware of what you are. Whatever it is, pleasant or unpleasant, live with it without justifying or resisting it. Live with it, without naming it. For the very term is a condemnation or an identification. Live with it, without fear. For fear prevents communion, and without communion, you cannot live with it. To be in communion is to love. And without love, you cannot wipe out the past. With love... There is no past. Love and time is not. Thank you, James Ellis. Thank you for calling in to read about love. <laughs> You're wonderful. Thank you. Thank you to everybody for being a part of this show. And uh, Winsong sitting in here. Um, Winsong just gave me a gorgeous like neon blue and yellow parrot feather um i'm excited to add this to my feather power feather collection yeah. well you know val it's actually a gift from zuli my parrot um she dropped it this morning she kind of just shook and it came floating down so i thought it was for you well, thank you, and thank Zuli for coming to my birthday party today. It's yeah. beautiful. Um, it's just a, another reminder of how uh, lovely and and uh, just amazing nature is uh, that we have these these uh, these uh, beings who uh, are so colorful and just glorious. This large, beautiful 
parrot that's on your shoulder yeah. um, and you you and your your lovely calm nature that uh, allows uh, allows that to be be that uh, animal for you. <laughs> well, she loves to be at the show too. She's always really happy to come here and, and just listens, you know. Well, it's always lovely to have you here, and um, thank you for coming today. Thank you, Anzuli, for this beautiful gift. Um, well, you know, we I have one more little song for you, Val. It goes like this. Goddess stands the day you were born. The angels did the bump to Gabriel's horn. Goddess stands the day you were born. So grateful for the gift of you. Thanks for holding it down, Val. You, you keep it real for so many of us, and you're such a blessing to our community. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Winsong. I'm so touched. It's been such a beautiful day. Like, usually with my birthday, I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Probably, like, not a whole lot, you know? And I was like, you know what? My birthday's on Friday. It's the Common Thread Collective. Yeah. This community's really become so important to me. And, um, you know, I just really feel the love. And that was a beautiful song. And again, not for the first time and not for the last time, hopefully today. Chills running up and down my arms. Thank you for your beautiful spirit wind song. Um, and uh, thanks, everyone, for being a part of today's show and every show here uh, every Friday at Mutiny Radio. So I'm going to wrap up the show here and get uh, make way for the next uh, crew coming through and as if you're listening uh, regularly you know that I'm a native San Franciscan I've been here five generations and um, I was born at St. Mary's Hospital on Stanion Street right across from Golden Gate Park so here's a little poem I wrote ab about a month or so ago called My Birthday The earth caught me as I latched onto its spin a warm gravity carried me in, and I collected cosmic karmic particles and tumbled into a soft room. Later, removed, uncovered from an afternoon dream, shaking from the sunbeam, glowing a shock of dark hair, rising to greet the trees across the street. Beautiful. Hey, Val. Hey, Dave. Happy B-Day. Thank I you. I really feel the love today, and I really appreciate it. And I hope that everyone out there feels that way, too, um, regardless if it's your birthday or not, or whenever it may be. Um, I like it was Happy Birthday, Everybody was the song, because uh, we should be celebrating life and each other and all of our capabilities and the things we can do ourselves and together. So thank you for being part of the common thread. Collective. And uh, it is so uh, such a colorful crew. Um, and uh, we'd be doing it here from San Francisco every week. And here's a song I, I want to say thanks, yeah, uh, Organic Valley. Yes, Organic Valley Crack Family of Farms. They're going to become our sponsor. Uh, becoming our sponsor, underwriting the show each and every week. So what the heck? So fantastic, and that's 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 a, a good example of people who were getting together to try to uh, collectively, you know, bring their power together um, to stand up to the bullying of big agriculture, and they themselves have become a very successful company. Um, and it's a it is a family of farms. So we will thank the Organic Valley. Family Farms every week. Um, so here's a song here. Uh, speaking of Golden Gate Park and creation, uh, we'll go leave you today with Jefferson Airplane. Peace, y'all. We love you.
FM. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio FM has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host 
find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on MutinyRadio.fm. Freeform Radio for free minds. an underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. You know, I feel so lucky. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily grounds to stay. 